When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Breaking news, search crews have now found the plane that crashed near Westchester County Airport. County officials say the plane was found in trees near Rye Lake. Two people on board have died. The single engine plane had taken off from JFK Airport bound for Ohio. The pilot had reported engine problems before the tower lost radio contact with the plane. More than one year after that shocking shooting on an American film set, the dramatic ending in the investigation that led to one of the most well-known actors in America facing criminal charges. Prosecutors brought felonary, involuntary manslaughter charges against Alec Baldwin after the fatal shooting of cinematographer Helena Hutchins. In an attempt to go perfect. Uh, yeah. Gong Fong Wong. night good for fighting and we got a big fight about to go down at the link in philadelphia pennsylvania coming up tomorrow night saturday night between my our new york football giants and the philadelphia eagles a lot of news a lot of great guests discussing all the big news today but don't kid yourself with this show specifically my show knowing my long sports history the background the theme of today's show is in fact a Elite Eight NFL football weekend highlighted by the Giants and the Eagles tomorrow night. Two games coming up tomorrow. The Jaguars, the upstart Jacksonville Jaguars, led by the second-year quarterback Trevor Lawrence, taking on Pat Mahomes in Kansas City. Then you get the Giants and Eagles. Two games coming up on Sunday with the big one, the best game of the weekend, the Bills hosting the Bengals. And then, of course, in the nightcap out in San Francisco, you get the 49ers hosting the Cowboys' Elite Eight football, led, of course, by the Giants, right now getting seven and a half. I'm going to buy it to eight. Taking on the Eagles. (laughs) NFL playoff football does not get better than that. Elton John, Saturday night is right for fighting. Uh, With that said, great show today. Seven great guests coming on. Folks like Melissa DeRosa, 
Joseph Takapina, guy that did the overnights for many years at WFAN, JJ After Dark, John Yastrzemski, Curtis Sliwa, Janaya Butler live in studio. But my dear friend, my dear buddy who's now spending his second day in the studios with me this week, his father will be on this morning as well, coming up at 745, Rudy Giuliani, Andrew Giuliani, back for a second visit this week. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. I am just like you. Thrilled and pumped about New York Giant football Saturday night. And really, actually, this, I think even now with six wild card games, I think this is still my favorite weekend of football. You get the two games on Saturday, the two games on Sunday. You get the best teams in the NFL playing once and for all. And especially when the New York football Giants are involved, there's nothing like divisional weekend. Well, Giants and Eagles, uh, old news, a lot, a lot of years, dating all the way back to the Chuck Chuck Bednarik, Frank Gifford hit from 100 years ago, and uh, all those great games with Randall Cunningham, Donovan McNabb, Bill Sims, Eli Manning. And now, of course, you got this one coming up tomorrow night. Giants and Eagles, like you said, always makes for a great, great football day. Where will you watch the game tomorrow night? Your, your father invited me again. so Well, Rudy Giuliani's coming on at 740, so yes. I've got to figure out whether or not I get invited with you guys to watch the game. I, mean, I, think, I think he's got a re- good shot. He's yeah. returning the favor to me because I didn't <laughs> yeah. invite him till the very last minute last week, and uh, and he invited you before me. So I know that he'll invite my, my granddaughter, his granddaughter, Grace, my daughter. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah, he loves I, her. I'm, I'm going to basically hold on to her coattails <laughs> and try to get into his place and have some wings and uh, pizza and watch the Giants hopefully pull off the stunning upset against the Philly Eagles. If they do, of course, they'll take on the winner of San Francisco and Dallas. No easy task for the right to represent the NFC in Super Bowl 57 coming up in Arizona in a couple of weeks. Uh, Your dad's coming on at 745, and he's got some big news down the pike. He won't share it today. He's waiting until Monday. But it seems your father, you know about this? I know a little bit about it. All I right. do. But there's some stuff he does not want me to even know even until you. he gets out. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right there. So I'm going to allow him to tease the way that he'll tease. And, and uh, I know that part of this is uh, also because of his legal counsel. Right, right. He's got to be sure careful. Sure. He is doing yeah. it in the right way, in the right, in the right timing. You know, I wanted to take this time, this uh, first segment today. Lately, I've been lauding, and deservedly so, Lou Rafino is the best board op engineer personality, sidekick, all those things ever. That's He's not great. what our guest at 7.05 left to say about that. Who Curtis, says that? Curtis Lewa. Oh, I mean, nobody, I, he is just... Nobody cares what he says. Okay, sorry. I shouldn't uh, even brought up funny. his name. He's like the nobody cares. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and not then, even Eric Adams? <laughs> maybe, no, especially not Eric Adams. <laughs> and uh, Phil, Phil has uh, come on to become this brilliant radio guy. But I want to say this, and I mean this. I the didn't guy, see the air quotes around there. Did you say the air quotes? <laughs> I think I did. Okay. They can't see him, so don't, don't bring it. <laughs> the guy that really I should be talking up every morning is Justin. Because this guy comes in in the middle of the night. This guy, by the time I get in every morning at 5 o'clock, I've got like 20 cuts. Phil's got like three because he's got to talk to Matt Blaze. And he's got to talk to Alex Barnard. And he's got to talk to Frank Morano. He's got to check this uh, some dating website on his phone. He's got to check the NBA game from last night. (laughs) This guy's so busy doing. But Justin Ellick, all this guy does is work. He even comes to get me because I don't have a key card yet when I'm 
outside looking like a puppy dog. Justin. Justin, Justin even comes and gets me. Justin, He's doing it all over. He does that it all. That seems like a fill duty to me. I, I just felt like Phil that duty. was a fill no, duty. No, no, I even feel weird. I'm calling Sid Rosenberg to try to get me in. Phil won't even give me his phone number because he doesn't walk want to walk the 20 steps to come and get well, me. Andrew, I looking still want like you a puppy in the building. Dog right yeah. there. Well, now you got I, Phil's I number. But that. that is above <laughs> Phil's pay grade. But uh, Justin, the, the guy comes in, he cuts all the sound, he does the updates. And lately, i got to say this, Josh. I told you this. If you're going to be a big-time producer, you got to start booking big-time guests. And for the longest time, if your life depended on it, you couldn't book a guest. You had three guys, Gordon Chang, two other people I don't even know. Lately, I call Justin, I go, get me this guy. And an hour later, he gets him. So with all the compliments that Lou, get, Lou gets and uh, Phil, Justin, I want you to know that you're doing a tremendous job. I really mean it. And uh, you're a great worker. You care about this show. You're enthusiastic. You're all the things that Phil isn't. Just that Phil has talent. Not that you don't, but... Let me ask you, do you have a power rankings of all the people that work at WABC specifically on Sit and Friends? And do they move around consistently? Like, how how fluid is it? That's a very, very good question. I won't share those power rankings yet. Oh, yes, you will, though. You're going to. I'm going to eventually. Yes. Though right now they've been pretty consistent in my head. I've got power rankings for the whole station. Yes. Now, you know who's number one? Yeah. Greg Kelly. <laughs> I don't think so uh, for the whole station. But, but yes, for my show specifically, I've got it all lined up. Yeah. Including you, by the way. Okay. And, uh, but I'll share it somewhere down the road. Not okay. Yet. But I do want to take time this morning to point out Justin Ellick is doing a tremendous job. I mean that, Justin. Thank you. Thank you for your hard work. He does. He works. Now, really I hope you get your hard. ass kicked in Philadelphia <laughs> yeah, tomorrow night by some crazy giant lunatic fan. He's an Eagles fan. Massive. He works on a New York morning show with a host that's like the biggest giant man ever, and he's an Eagle fan. Yeah. He's such a douchebag, but I love the kid, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a loyal fan. What do you, what do you want? You, I know you're a loyal fan. What, what does that do? You're, but you, you don't work at WIP. You work in New York City. I know, but. Nobody's going to give you credit for being a loyal no Eagles fan. I abandoned it because, you, because you're a Giants fan. Well, you, you should think about that, yes. It'd be like saying, if I live in Pakistan or Afghanistan, I love the Taliban, I'm not going to leave them when I move to New York City. Well, that's I, not a really fair that's, that's analogy. Well, is that a fair analogy, Andrew? <laughs> I think it's a very. <laughs> look, when we're talking divisional playoffs, it's anything's on the table. Dropping in my power rankings. Justin, now. where where are you sitting? I, I, what I want to know is where are you sitting? Are you sitting in the equivalent of the old seven hundred section from the vet? I know it's a different stadium, <laughs> but I got to know where are you sitting on Saturday? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. I'm sitting. Uh, so I sit. We sit about sixteen rows back, fifteen rows back. That's from, interesting. Uh, Thank you for that, Justin. you didn't think the the, uh, the, the yeah, you, you don't think the, the Taliban. <laughs> Analogy made sense no, in this. I'd like no, to see didn't. you sitting in the arena holding a go Taliban. Let's go. <laughs> no, it's that's 6 a.m. and I'm pretty sure that's going to be the dumbest thing I heard right. all day. You think so? With yeah. a Taliban jersey on. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, enjoy the game tomorrow. Thank you for your hard work, Justin. Thank you very much. I hope enjoy, you don't enjoy a great the game. Job. I don't want you to enjoy the game at all. <laughs> yeah. There's no enjoyment from you for that football game. He's Justin. not going to enjoy it. Don't worry. That's He's right. going to be nervous wreck. I yeah. love it. He is right now, like just now. Yeah, he is. He's nervous. He's got the Philly green. Ugly jacket coming in here. It's just that eagle looks like it's a you know, lot oh, better no. days. Let's see what I'm going to wear tomorrow. I'm going to look ridiculous. <laughs> you got the uh, the Malcolm Jenkins jersey, right? Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah. Jersey, but okay. I have, have fun with that. Cardigan that I'm going to put on. Okay. Great. <laughs> no one cares about this. I mean, nobody. <laughs> when I bring on the guy from WPHT at 9:25 this morning, Greg Stocker, you can talk to him about all this nonsense. No, I'm actually going to say. One of the only question I have. Oh, thank you, Justin. The only question I have <laughs> is Alec Baldwin, Phil, going to prison. Do we know? 
Probably not. He's got money. That means he's not going to jail? Has anyone with money ever gone to prison? Bernie Madoff. Had a lot of money. But that wasn't his money. Oh, it wasn't his money. So if it's your money, you don't go to jail. That's, I think, the way the law works, no? No. One of the... Con- one of the, one of the uh, I mean, you've got, a, you've got a better chance of not going, but not, you're not guaranteed you're not going to go. I think that's how it works. What do you know about law? I'm married to a lawyer. Hey, mate, hey, but, but what do you my know? best friend is Joe Tacopini. He's a lawyer. He, I've been arrested twice. Arthur what do you know about the law? Arthur All right. Arthur. When I ask you about your credentials in law, saying that you got arrested twice isn't like the best example. Not the best example? No, probably is not. Is that dumber than the Taliban and the uh, Eagle Law? Uh? No. I don't think we're going to top that. <laughs> Here is uh, Alec Baldwin, who uh, said in the past that um, he never pulled the trigger. Right off the bat, you know you're in trouble. Alec Baldwin, number one. I didn't pull the trigger. So no. you never pulled the trigger? No, 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 no. I, I would never point a gun at anyone and pull a trigger at them. Never. Right. Never. That was the training that I had. You don't point a gun at me. That's exactly trigger. what he did. Well, on day self. one of my instruction in this business, people said to me, never take a gun and go click, 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 because even though it's incremental, <laughs> the firing pin on the gun, if you do that, don't do that. Right, exactly what he did. So Alec has been charged with involuntary manslaughter just for doing music. exactly what he said he shouldn't do. Just the music they're playing. <laughs> yeah. no, no, it's so, no, 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 no. No, I didn't do it. No, 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 no. That's it. ABC already said, yep. oh, you're guilty because we're guilty. playing this yeah. ominous music. Sounds so like what, do, what do you think, uh, Andrew Giuliani, your father's a lawyer? What's yeah. going to happen here with Alec Baldwin? What do you think? I think he's in a lot of trouble, right? I mean, at this point, uh, it's obvious that the guy did pull the trigger. I mean, it's ridiculous to suggest anything else. I've never even heard that defense from anyone else. So I think he's in a whole lot of trouble here. And I think uh, just from the ominous music, as Lou said right there, ABC has convicted him already. He is done. But uh, look, I, th- <laughs> I think more than anything, uh, Alec Baldwin has made a lot of enemies outside of all this. And it's very interesting to see how many people have lined up against him. That's very yeah. different than yeah. legally what he's going to have to deal right, with. This right. is the court of public opinion versus actually in court there. But uh, yeah. I think it's an absolute ridiculous Ridiculous defense to think he to say he didn't pull the trigger. I've never heard that before. Have any of you guys ever yeah, heard no, of that, that defense? That, we played it. That, that's no, what he said right after you, the shooting. But have you ever heard of that defense from anyone else no, before no, that no, they've no, never no, that they no. didn't pull the trigger? Well, yeah, Robert Blake said it. OJ said it in Stabber. Well, I mean, yeah, you know they all yeah. say it. But the uh, the five talked stab. about this yesterday on uh, Fox News. <laughs> Here is Geraldo Rivera, and he says on Fox he recommended what Alec Baldwin should try to do. The great Geraldo Rivera, cut number six. If I were representing Alec Baldwin, I tell you right now, Martha, I would be advising him to plead, to get a plea deal, to get something like David Hall's got, the six-month suspended sentence. Uh, That's uh, appropriate, I think, in this case, uh, because what he faces, this grim reality of the mandatory five plus the year and a half, uh, Alec Baldwin has, in my view, convicted himself out of his own mouth. He said, quoting, I would never point a gun at anyone and pull the trigger at Oops. them. Yeah. Never. Yeah. The yeah. FBI says that gun could not possibly fire if you didn't pull the trigger. So Alec Baldwin, he points it's- a real loaded gun. He pulls the trigger and Helena dies. It is involuntary manslaughter. It's as, it's as if you're texting while you're driving. That's a good point. Yeah. So uh, Judge Anine Pirro also chimed in. We love the judge. And um, she said he would have been better off keeping his mouth shut because now the FBI, who can't find their ass with their elbow, made him look really bad. Here is Judge Anine Pirro, cut number seven. I think of Alec Baldwin, and it is the height of arrogance. And he did himself no favor, Alec Baldwin, by saying, 
I'm not responsible. This, you know, this is not my fault, whoever's fault it is. Look, you took a gun. It was a loaded gun. You pointed it. You pulled the trigger and a woman died. The mother of a child died. So, you know, the guy is delusional in that sense. And I'm not suggesting that he's mentally ill, just a little delusional. But the idea of what he should do, if he's smart, he will have learned to keep his mouth shut because the FBI has already made a liar out of him and it creates the inconsistent statement during the trial. He will take a plea, try to get out of this as clean and as quickly as he can. You know, you know what the judge and Geraldo said is absolutely right. Take the plea. But what's really interesting to me, and I go back to the Duke case on this, uh, I can't believe that he's actually trying this in the court of public opinion. Why he doesn't just shut up and actually... Wait for this. Wait for actually court case well, or to will. plead. Now we will. Yeah, but but why even make these because, statements because, out here? Because there are so many people that love him. Like yeah. you said, people don't like him. That's not true. Right. Because he does no, the Trump stuff and the Republicans don't like him. Many more people love Alec Baldwin than don't like him. And these guys have huge egos. Right. And they think, oh, my God, I'm a superstar. I'm a movie star. Yeah. Everybody loves me. I'm going to be fine. Yeah. And then it turns out they come to the realization, even if people do love you, you just can't kill somebody. Like well, Donald Trump, you can't go on Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and get away with it, no matter who you are. Well, that's where Hilaria needs to come on in there and, and tackle the guy. Because I know, you're right. You can't actually go out there and do that when your lawyer's actually got to try to defend you, whether it be yeah. in a court case or whether it be with a plea deal, which absolutely Judge Janine is right on. All right, we've got a lot to come your way this morning. Going to be a terrific show. we got a ton of guests, lots to discuss. I love this uh, girl, Janaya Butler. She was with me. When I co-hosted for John Katz and Matidi's Katz at Night on Monday, her and Rudy Washington for MLK Day. She's really good. Been on with me many times on this program. Janaya Butler coming up at 640. 7.05, we'll talk to Curtis Sliwa. 7.40, Andrew's dad, Rudy Giuliani, coming up at uh, 8.05. She used to work alongside Andrew Cuomo. Lots to say about LaSalle. That's Melissa DeRosa. Coming up at 8.40, my dear friend, the great defense attorney, Joseph Takapina. And then 925, we'll do a live simulcast with my friend Greg Stocker and WPHT in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, getting you ready for the Giants and Eagles coming up on Saturday night. Plus, the former overnight voice at WFAN, JJ After Dark, John Yaskrensky, coming up at 825. The number is always 1 800 848 WABC, 1 800 848 9222. Sid Rosenberg, Andrew Giuliani, Lou Rafino, Macedonia, Bill, Justin, Alec, Deb, Valentine, the whole crew on a Friday morning right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. It's getting to the point where I'm no fun anymore. I am sorry. Sometimes it hurts so badly I must cry out loud. I am lonely. I am yours, you are mine, you are what you are, you make it hard. Classic. 
Crosby, Stills, and Nash. David Crosby died yesterday, 81 years old. And uh, Neil Young, too, of course, with those guys early. I just saw them not that long ago, about seven years ago, down at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Fort Lauderdale. My buddy Jimmy Allen. Great show. Great show. And uh, they're one of the all-time greats. And Crosby was a larger-than-life personality. I mean, besides all the great music stuff and, of course, the drug history, which was very well documented, he had that uh, very famous deal with rock and roll star Melissa Etheridge. And they had a child together, and the child's name was Bernard McGurk. (laughs) (laughs) What was the whole story? Where is that kid now? Is that kid dead? I don't know. I think the kid killed himself or something. Is that I believe so. I believe they they had a child together. They thought, oh, my God, how could we go wrong, Crosby and Etheridge? And then something bad happened. Phil, what do you know about this story? Stand by. (laughs) (laughs) What do you want from me? You know anything about this? Crosby and Etheridge and the child they had together? Oh, yeah. I actually do know. Uh, what happened? I, I, no, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> I, I remember the sounds familiar, but I don't remember anything. What do you got, uh, Lewis? Yeah, Is he playing in the D-League right now, Phil? Yes. Uh, the, the morning, the loss of David, their father. Died. Yes. I think the kid killed himself. Or something. Killed himself. Yes. Or drowned or something? How old was he? How old was he? Uh, he wasn't very, maybe in his teens uh, or early 20s. Barely. This is good radio. 20, and Beckett. Died at 21. 21, there Opi- you go. Opioid addiction. No, drug addiction. So there you go. It's yeah. a very, very a tragic story. 2020. There you go. Thank you for that. All right. oh, so uh, anyway, that's uh, David Crosby. We have a bunch of uh, different things we've got to get to today. People who passed away, birthdays. We've been doing that lately with the music. It's a lot of fun. So we'll do that um, all day today. All these great guests stopping by as well. Andrew, Andrew Giuliani live here in studio. And then we've got uh, Mike McMahon, the Staten Island District Attorney, who was on with uh, me and John Katsimatidis and the whole crew last night. He is actually today's minicast clip of the day. So you also know, folks, that I've been efforting the president, Donald Trump, on this show for a couple of weeks. My uh, good buddy Joe Tacopino, who will join us today coming up at 840, the great attorney, was uh, called to Mar-a-Lago last week to help represent the president in a certain legal situation. And it came up at dinner. Takapina said, you know, Mr. President, my best friend for 42 years is a guy in New York who's number one. Better ratings than Sean Hannity or Greg Kelly, all the guys you love. Sid Rosenberg kicks their ass. Yeah. And he defends you and he likes you. You should go on his show. And at dinner, the president and Takapina were texting me. And Trump said, I'd love to. Let's set it up. Go to Steve Chung. Go to Boris Epstein. Both in that, by the way. And we'll get it going. So over the last 10 days, I've got about 10 texts from Steve Chung. Mm-hmm. Nothing from Boris Taktos. Uh, it's getting done. Talking to the scheduler. You're the man. Blah, blah, blah. Stop. Yeah. 10 days to set up a 10-minute. He's done five interviews, Trump, in the last week and a half. So now we've gone uh, over Epstein and Chung's head. Yeah. We went right to Lara Trump yesterday. Lara's going to join me on Monday at 925. So we do get a Trump on next week. Right. Lara Trump, Monday at 925. And she's furious. Yeah. So now I'm going to cause a whole big thing here with well, uh, the president. Of course she's furious because if I were her and I'm looking at this, and I'd be advising the president to do this not just because I know and love you, Sid. Well, thank you. But you too. I would be going on the top morning drive time stations in the top cities 
in the country, and there's no and there's no place that's better than sitting friends right I mean, here. Somebody in terms said of doing to me, this. but he understands that he can't win New York, right? He, so what does that mean? No, I don't, but I don't he's going to have a primary, and that's the big thing. Right. He absolutely has to contest New York in the Republican primary if he's looking at it the right way. So he can't be looking at this and saying, "Well, here are the seven or ten swing states when it comes to the general election." He needs to look at where he might have an advantage over DeSantis. Uh, or over whoever else jumps in this race. You and I think both that this is going to be a two-person race. And certainly New York is one of those places where it's going to be a massive battleground, not just because it's the center of the media, but because of Trump's massive, obviously, reach in New York. DeSantis has an overdrawn connection in New York because of all the Florida-New York connection right here. And so he needs to make sure he's going on the number one show in New York. And he needs to start this from very early on in the campaign. I'd also advise him to do that in Chicago. I'd advise him to do it in L.A. I'd advise him to do it all around the country, but especially starting at Sid and Fred's, especially considering all the national news that you've been making recently. <laughs> well, I mean, this week alone, Good Morning America. Exactly. You've David been everywhere. Your, I mean, I have been everywhere. Yeah. But uh, I was agree. It, was it because you were dressed in drag with Santos? Is that the story? Did I get them mixed up? <laughs> no, they don't have that, that was Lou. yet. Yeah, no. that was Lou. That okay. was Phil, actually. Got it. Oh. Um, so it is going to be a two-man race between Trump and DeSantis, but others will jump in. Tim Scott will jump in. Uh, you got um, Mike Pompeo will yep. jump in, Pence will jump in, and just yesterday on Fox News, Miss South Carolina, the great Nikki Haley, she intimated she will run against Donald Trump in 2024. This, Lewis, is Nikki Haley, cut number 19, another one jumping in. Well, I'm not going to make an announcement here, but when you're looking at a run for president, you look at two things. You first look at, does the current situation push for new leadership. The second question is, am I that person that could be that new leader? Yes, we need to go in a new direction. And can I be that leader? Yes, I think I can be that leader. I was as governor. I took on a hurting state with double-digit unemployment, and we made it the beast of the Southeast. As ambassador, um, you know, I took on the world when they tried to disrespect us, and I think I showed what I'm capable of at the United Nations. So do I think I could be that leader? Yes. But we are still working through things, and we'll figure it out. I've never lost a race. I said that then. I still say that now. I'm not going to lose now, but stay tuned. All right, there it is. So I agree that she's capable. Mm -hmm. I agree that she's a worthwhile candidate. What I don't agree is she'll be competitive in a race like this. And uh, from what you just said moments ago, you don't either. Yeah, and I've got a big problem with Nikki Haley. Here's my problem. Uh Uh-oh. If you look at when Nikki Haley left her position as ambassador to the U.N., she left five weeks before the midterms in 2018. Right. You don't do that. She bailed on the ship before a massive election. And I think she did that. And by the way, not only did she bail, but she had some not-such-nice things to say about Trump. They have fixed it since. She's been back and forth and back and forth, and I think she blows at the political winds. And I think the reason why she left before the midterms... You may want to change that. Uh, well, you know, she blows uh, the political she winds. She blows in the political winds over here. <laughs> I mean, the UN's right over here. You can just ask them. She blows in those winds all the time. Yeah. Um, but when you look at when she left, she left five weeks before the midterms. That's fine. If you want to leave, you wait until the midterms. You wait until the midterms are over, until there's an election, and you leave around Thanksgiving. But she decided to leave in early October, and I think the reason why she did this is so she could go on her presidential tour if Trump was not popular. When she eventually was going to run for president, you see, say, I stood up to Trump. 
So she's trying to have it both ways yeah. instead of actually hung in there. That's a good point. And I don't think she's I don't think she's that leader that she claims that she is. All right, good point, Andrew Giuliani. Traffic coming up next. Right now, it's time for the seventy-seven WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under ten New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Today's minicast is from the show we did last night. I've been doing double duty, of course, sitting friends in the morning and cats at night. I love John Katsimatidis. Last night, we talked with Staten Island District Attorney Mike McMahon regarding the truth about bail laws. The average person doesn't understand it. So, uh, uh, Mr. DA, you have to tell it to him simply so people can understand. When the advocates with the agenda, the loudest, took control of legislation in Albany, they did three things, right? The so-called bail reform, which means that recidivists and people who are dangerous can get back on the streets. And then they did raise the age. That means that it, even, you know, 16, 17-year-olds carrying a gun get back out on the streets. And what they all did, did is they came up with a gotcha uh, statute that said to prosecutors, we gotcha. And they basically tried to shut down the criminal justice process by making it so difficult. I've been hearing a lot about Lang Insurance. They sell luxury home insurance to high net worth individuals in all 50 states. Call Kevin Lang at Lang Insurance. Call 866-964-4434. He's an expert in reviewing your current coverage to save you money, leaving you with your current insurance company or moving you to a less expensive one. Kevin speaks with every new client. Your call, they quote, you save. That's 866-964-4434 or visit Lang INS.com. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Wake up, you liberals. Great Eddie Money. She was shaking. 641, your Friday morning. Curtis Sliwa, Rudy Giuliani, Melissa DeRosa, John Shremsky, Joe Takapina, and a simulcast with WPHT and Odyssey Station in Pennsylvania with the Giants and Eagles set to clash tomorrow night. All that coming up, but sitting in studio with me and Andrew right now is a lady that's become a dear friend of mine. Dear friend. But we did a show together just Monday, Cats at Night on MLK Day. John wasn't there. It was me, Jenea, and Woody Washington. She's back uh, five days later for the Sid and Friends in the Morning Show. Big star, hip-hop community star, the whole thing. Jenea Butler, good morning. How are you? I'm such a great morning today, and it's great to see you. Great to see you, Andrew. Thank you for having me. You are the uh, the founder of the uh, Social Services of hip-hop, mm-hmm. hip-hop union. Mm-hmm. Well, you and I talk a lot about hip-hop whenever you come out, but I want right. to go back to MLK, uh, mm-hmm. which, we, again, we, we did that show together on Monday. You were right. great. And there was a statue right. that came out, somebody made. Mm-hmm. And 20 years from now, they're going to make fun of this thing because, and I hate to use this word early in the morning, but it's true. It looks like a huge penis 
At do the, you think it looks like? I, I do, don't think yeah. it looks like a penis. Do you, Andrew? Uh, yeah, it, it looks does. a little yeah. bit like one to me. It does. What did you think? How you look at it? Yeah, I don't know. know. I don't know what it, it looks, looks like. like. No, I just yeah. thought it was like abstract. No, no, it looks like a penis. Uh, <laughs> it's very phallic. It's weird. It's and weird. On an MLK statue. We shouldn't even be having this conversation. Right, right. So absolutely. what was that all about? Well, I don't know what it was about. I was assuming that the artist was being um, really abstract about it. But who it was, was this artist? It was, um, I don't know who the, exactly who the artist was, but um, I do know the family is very upset about the, the statue. It was supposed to be the Nobel Peace Prize when, Rever- um, uh, I was about to say Reverend Jackson, when Martin Luther King um, was hugging his wife during the Nobel Peace Prize. And so it was a great... Great kind of effort, but it was just the arms kind of wrapped around. The wrapped around. It was just the arm embrace, and there was no head or anything like that. So, uh, you know, and the artist actually said that um, they thought they saw it when it was smaller. So when it was smaller, it actually looked like you know it looked like a different from a different angle than when it was huge. (laughs) They're like, okay, maybe this wasn't it. When the artist finally Uh, erected it and it became larger, then you know, then then, that's. There you go. There's the issue. I mean, I, I think the one in D.C. is so oh is beautiful. It's amazing. Really, it's really, like, what, really 30 beautiful. feet in the yeah. air and 300 feet, excuse me. Yeah. And um, amazing. Yeah. So this right here. And then when it's in Boston and then it's abstract in Boston and, you know, like the whole black and white thing going on, it's not really great when it, right. you know, so it's so it gives it a lot of credits to a lot of people um, criticizing. Yeah. What would you think of how uh, everybody handled the MLK thing on Monday? You know, Joe Biden, for example, put on one of the most divisive, angry, hateful speeches you'll ever hear. As always. Yeah, but how does even MLK Day, Joe Biden found a way to screw that up. Well, you know, I've I always feel the Democrats really manipulate the black community. If you've seen Joe Biden and got the meme running around about Joe Biden being the first time in the black church because he's like sitting there and everybody's clapping. (laughs) Let me me remind you that he did refer to young African males with all of his Kamala Harris. I love the blacks. He did refer to young African males two decades ago as Predators. One hundred percent. And then yeah. that doesn't change. You know, and, and I think that's the biggest coup on the black community is that the Democrats act when they want to act like that the black people are the greatest thing when they need the vote, but don't help, don't, you know, don't really push in the right direction. They just manipulate the black community. So I always have a problem with that. And I have a problem with like Kamel Harris even inviting the warriors to the White House mm-hmm. and then, you know, just like, oh, yeah, we love you. We love you. Yeah. You know, she we just no need black votes, you know, no, at, at all. At, he at no, all. He Put he everybody no idea who in jail. Clay Thompson was. Yeah. Nobody. She wouldn't take a knee and take a photo, but who could forget back on MLK Day this really rousing and very inspiring rendition, Happy Birthday, which Joe Biden <laughs> sang to MLK's <laughs> The Third is Wife. Here's a Joe Biden singing Happy Birthday on MLK Day. Well, look, my wife has a rule in her family. When somebody's birthday, sing Happy Birthday. You ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Valentine. Oh, boy. Nailed it. Happy <laughs> birthday <laughs> to you. I mean, that's uh, that's really embarrassing, no, Janaya? I mean, come on. It come is. On. 100% of the time. And, again, 
we overlook it in the black community. And this is something that I fight for is like, stop overlooking this stuff and demand more. You know, you don't have mm-hmm. to jump into the Republican Party, but you at least have to have some respect from the Democratic Party, you know, and I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. You know, I, I remember in the Trump White House, just the disrespect from the media that Alveda Scott King was being treated with because she actually ended up coming out and supporting some of President Trump's policies. And they looked at her in so many ways as somebody or they tried to paint her in so many ways as somebody who was betraying the black community rather than actually somebody who was saying, you know, this is somebody who's trying to actually see progress and work with the president of the United States on this stuff. I mean, uh, how do you actually cut through what this media narrative is? I know we talk about this in so many ways as Republicans, but as a black Republican, how do you cut through that narrative with that extra layer on top of it? Well, first, as a black woman Republican, you know, you have to stand through it. So, you know, the the biggest thing that I'm able to do is say, yeah, I'm black. I'm a Republican. I'm allowed to choose Mm -hmm. who I what party that I want to be in. And I think that the black community doesn't understand that they're allowed to choose, you know, which party just because you're black doesn't mean that you're Democrat. And so what I've been able to do is really, you know, Push through the divisiveness and say, listen, you know, all the things Republican and we've been Republicans far longer than we've been Democrats Mm -hmm. for this, you know, this bulk of time. And so the things that we want, we want the low taxes. Mm -hmm. We want a smaller government. We want all these things. But what happens is we need now the Republican Party kind of to step up and say, yeah, there's a place for you over here, too, because the the black community is really on the fence, Mm -hmm. but they don't know where to go. And then there's that fear mongering amongst the black community, amongst the Democrats that say, you go over there. Right, you're, you're the enemy. Yeah. You're the enemy. Yeah, so yeah. There is, it's that big part. Now, lots more to discuss with you, including your stance on my buddy Mayor Eric Adams' new homeless deal. We'll also talk about Madonna. We'll talk about Bo Deedle, Godfather of Harlem. Absolutely. All that good stuff. More with Janaya Butler right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning with the Beastie Boys. We'll be right back. Run DMC, what Beastie Boys? Run DMC, I said Beastie Boys. Oh, was kind of curly. Went to a house and busted out. I had to leave real early. These girls are really sleazy. All they just say is please me. Or spend some time and rock a rhyme. I said it's not that easy. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Up with it, girl. Rock with it, girl. Show them it, girl. With a bang, bang. Bunks with it, girl. Dance with it, girl. Get with it, girl. With a bang, bang. Come on, come on. Turn the radio on. It's Friday night and I won't be long. Gotta do my hair. Put my makeup on. It's Friday night and I won't be long. Till I hit the gunshot. Hit the gunshot. You know, it's funny. We played those Nikki Haley comments earlier, teasing the run for president. You know, today is actually Nikki Haley's birthday. <laughs> today, 
She's uh, 51 years old today. I think Joe Biden actually sang her happy birthday, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> and uh, 15 years ago today, we got our first glimpse of Breaking Bad on AMC. That was uh, 15 years ago today. Great show. Yep. Janae Butler back in studio with me and Andrew now. Uh, Eric Adams, the mayor. Yeah. You know him and I become pretty good friends. That's great. Yes. And I think he's, um, he's going to do a good job. I do. I think uh, year two is going to be a very good year for him. And he is starting to do the right things, calling out the right people when it comes to the border, the southern border, and trying to fix the fair reform issue here. But um, the homeless, which you deal with in big numbers up mm-hmm. uh, up in Harlem, what do you think of his plan? And uh, Why are you shaking your head like that? Well, because I, I think it's no plan. I think that, you know, he started off, you know, saying that the NYPD, you know, could kind of just, you know, pick people up if they thought they were mentally ill. That's pretty much everybody, right? Just pick people up. And then now, you know, kind of backtracked on that and then said, now, well, we'll give them a bench. We'll give them a warrant, uh, a ticket. And if they don't show up, then we'll pick them up. So it's the same thing. And see, that's that's the problem. So you know that they're not going to show up. You know, you know that it's still going to be on the street. And it just doesn't solve the homeless problem. And see, I've worked in homeless services for years. Um, I worked with BRC and um, the Doe Fund, which are great two great programs and there was programming, you know, and there's, and so all I'm saying is let's figure out what's really happening because we had everybody off the streets under the Bloomberg administration. We had everybody, you know, really moving towards getting the homeless off the street. And then all of a sudden everybody's just back out on the street. What happened? Well, what happened was the Blasio. That's what happened. Well, so now you're bringing Eric Adams and you're asking this mayor Mm -hmm. in one year, to fix a mess that went on for eight years, okay. lawlessness, homeless, and even Rudy Giuliani admitted to me last week, I couldn't do it, well, not laws, in one year. And the laws changed. The laws are different than they were in the 1990s where you actually could move homeless people off the street Drag a lot them off easier the way. And throw them into and whatever so, you want. And so certainly it is more challenging, but still, it, there is a solution to this. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think right now the mayor, while he is talking a good game, we've yet to see the results. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just a matter of he's only one year in at this point. Um, but I'm still waiting on it right here. And and to me, I just hope I'm not waiting more and more. I hope he didn't use his year where he had maximum leverage, which was his first year, uh, and waste it. I hope that we'll actually see some of these results and what she talks about in these press conferences. What would you do? What's that? What would you do? I would continue to make sure that I have a police presence on the subways. Mm-hmm. I would. Oh, by the way, by the way, I, I could tell you this. I went to the garden last night to watch the Ranger game, and there were three or four cops at every station. At Just this morning, at a quarter to five, coming here from 33rd and Park, two stops, four cops right. on my subway platform. So if you're looking for more cops on the subway station, take it from a guy that takes a subway every day, we've got him. I mean, I, I took the subway when de Blasio was mayor. I didn't see one cop for days mm-hmm. I'm already seeing many more cops. So if you want that, you're getting that. Well, that's good. But he needs to actually make sure that those cops can actually get them off of the subways. There's no reason why they should actually be on the platforms where you can, if you are mentally deranged, you have issues, or you're addicted to drugs, can actually shove somebody. Actually, as a matter of fact, coming into work today, I had a guy who put his hand on me. It wasn't much. I mean, he shoved me just to the side. Really? But I saw him coming. Yeah, I was walking over past the one train there. I was going down the stairs. Mm -hmm. He was coming up, and I see this guy is all messed up. He was on something. Yeah. And I see him kind of lunge toward me, and he got his hand on my shoulder, and I just kind of pushed his hand off. What train was this? What number is this? This was 5 a.m. No, what train number? The this one? was this is one two. The three. one train, yeah. yeah one wow. Train. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm um, talking about Harlem and the homeless. 
you uh, you've been watching Godfather of Harlem. Yeah. Now yeah. you know that Bo Deedle was in Gravesend with me and the Gemini Lounge. TV show and a movie that are coming out both next month. I'm in both. Right. He's a big time actor. He's mm-hmm. a real deal. But he's always telling me how great Godfather of Harlem is. Have you have you never watched the series? Never watched it. Uh, I won't watch you it until totally he asks me to be to. in it. I got to be in it. Okay, well, you, you, you should be in it. Actually, you should be in it. Like, you should definitely be cast in it. But I was watching it. Um, I was watching the premiere last week, and I seen Bo. I was like, look yeah. at Bo. He's, yeah. up he's got a big role. Yeah, no. He's that, that, Forrest Whitaker's in that. And, yeah, uh, Forrest Whitaker. Uh, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, it's about it's about Harlem. I think back in, like, um, I forget the the exact um era but 60s, Adam, I think, right? yeah the um and so it was when bumpy johnson yeah, was like yeah. you know the, they had the five families yeah. you know and then you had the one black family the bumpy johnson out of harlem and he's protecting harlem with the numbers and the drug rings and everything and really tells a great story of really of how harlem was built but how harlem was once a really solid community that depended on itself yeah and really you know you had adam Clayton Powell, yep. um, who was working with the president and trying to get the drugs off the street. So Do Malcolm you live in X, now? I don't live in Harlem. Okay. I lived in Harlem since um, I, I moved to Harlem in '98. I moved out in um, okay. 2000. Well, you know who lived in Harlem most of his life as a kid? Who's that? John Katzmatis. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yes. absolutely. Yes. Yes. That's right. how we actually connected. Because I was like, "You're a Harlem guy. What's up?" <laughs> and he's like, "What's up?" <laughs> Just you like that. that. Yes. Really? <laughs> 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 no, no, the show's supposed to be great, and it is a, a great community. What do you want to talk to us about Madonna about? What happened with Madonna? Well, I thought that it was so crazy that Madonna has been accused of sex tracks sex trafficking in Malawi and Africa and you know so my big thing was like in the black community we look at you know white folks who adopt black kids and this is the thought that happens and so there's a lot it's like she adopted a black son right and you know like Angelina Jolie did the same thing yeah absolutely she's got like nine black kids yeah and so (laughs) and that's the part that we always look at and saying well what are you doing with the black kids Wait, wait, right? wait, 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 you get upset? Not you, not but... upset. But, yeah, yeah, but black people get upset. what are you doing? But, no, it's not upsetting. Well, then you go it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I'm trying to help. This, no, this, well, this is what we say, but then when we turn around and now Madonna's accused of sex trafficking black children, yeah. right, through her, um, through her, she's got a foundation and everything like that, so there's a lot of things happening, a lot of, like, ill-fated things happening, yeah. so this is the, this is when like when you say we get so upset this is why we're this is well, what we're like on the borderline right, about you got to be careful though because now white people are going to think twice about adopting black kids because of these types of things because madonna's been sex trafficking yes. kids no man, but just because <laughs> people are saying she did it it's kind of like you know like 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 men today mm-hmm. are not going to hire a beautiful woman anymore they're going to stop because god mm-hmm. forbid you say hey you look nice today and you're going to be called into HR in 15 minutes. That's how massive only feels like job. <laughs> you, you know, you got to be careful when you're a minority not to put so much pressure on the majority that they're afraid to be around you or do stuff for you. Does that make sense? I, I, 100%. Not, yeah. you know, like you want to support it, right? You know, and nobody really said anything for a long time. Like her son is like maybe like 15, maybe like 15 or 16 years old. And she's hanging out with him and he's in skirts now. <laughs> you know? So, so that's okay, right? Yeah. Janae Butler, everybody. She's an absolute treasure. I love her. You'll come back again in a couple of weeks. She's so good. 
Uh, you can find Jania Butler on the internet. What is your Instagram account again? Uh, Jania Butler. So J-I-N-E-E-A Butler. Just simple. Thank you, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Big 7 o'clock hour to come up. Curtis Lee was going to be here. Your Bill O'Reilly morning message. And Andrew's dad, Rudy Giuliani. All coming up next hour, the 7 o'clock hour on the Nielsen-rated number one news talk show in New York City and the self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in America. That's me, sitting friends in the morning, right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. This is Sitting Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Hour number two, sitting friends in the morning. Great hour number one, Janaya Butler, Andrew Giuliani sitting in today. Big hour about to come your way. We've got Bill O'Reilly's morning message and Rudy Giuliani. But every Monday and Friday at 7.05, we put this time aside for a real icon, a real legend, and one of the bravest and courageous New Yorkers to ever live. Ron Kuby is here every Friday morning at 7.05. (laughs) So every time I see Curtis... This poor bastard almost gets killed, whether it's getting hit by a bicycle, hit by a bus, random gunshots, and yet every day, without fail, who's here, red beret, red jacket and all, the great Curtis Sliwa. Yesterday I was walking in to help host Cats at Night. You were leaving. By the way, you're doing an excellent job. Oh, thank Sid. you. I'm listening to that. You know, you're keeping everything moving because sometimes those guys and gals, they're moving in a million different directions. <laughs> There's a lot Sid of voices back in on, on track. Yeah. When we you have 17 guests on at the same time, it's tough. Sometimes. Not only 17 guests, we had five hosts yesterday. So oh, thank you, you for saying that. But you were leaving and you told me a harrowing story, yep. which made me happy once again. That I no longer live, besides a loudmouth Democrat Jews on the Upper West Side. Oh, let me tell you, uh, my wife Nancy uh, is Helen Keller lately. She can't see; she lost her what sight. What happened there? What happened? Is, uh, it, is, it, is it is it is it gone? Will it come back? No, no. In fact, Doctor Mikolos, one of the guests yes, in the roundtable yes. discussion, immediately I called him. He's an ophthalmologist. Mm-hmm. He put me in touch, Columbia Presbyterian, this German doctor who had an ascot when we went to see him. It's like a, a Humphrey Bogart movie. <laughs> <laughs> he looks into the eyes of Nancy, right? He goes, oh, 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 she's like, what, what? She goes, uh, he goes, this is not my specialty. I got to send you to the hospital for eye and nose on the Upper East Side. He goes, right. but I'll give you some drops initially. And so yesterday morning, I'm taking her to the hospital. I'm taking her across the street. She's like Helen Keller. The only thing she's missing is the stick. <laughs> yeah. We go to catch the Crosstown bus on the Upper West Side, 86 Central Park West. And this bicycle comes, you know, one of these electric bikes, and smashes right into me. Because no. I saw it out of the corner of my eye. said, I can't let it hit Nancy. That's it. It'll be over. Then I got to take care of the 18 rescue cats right. uh, by myself <laughs> there. But you, you were, it wasn't like you were worried about Nancy. You were like, oh, my God, what a hassle to take care of the cats. Yes. But that's what you were thinking. Exactly, right? okay. exactly. Right. I mean, changing the litter right. 10 right. times right. a day, you get a, a double hernia. 
But anyway, so it smashes right into me, oh and I God. felt all the bones just rattle in oh my body. Oh, my God. And I've had a number of concussions, so I knew right away, oh, my God, here we go again. Did you smack your head on the street? I smacked it right into the bike because oh I spun God. around. But I'm holding on to Nancy, so I can't go down. Right, right. And then they're just getting on the bus, you know, the Crosstown bus, the Upper West Side, out the Caucus. I know it well. And one guy gets off, right, while I'm trying to come to, and he goes, eh, come on, you've been shot with bullets. This is nothing, <laughs> Sleeper. He's right, too. He's right. He is right. Did you cry? I never cried. Oh, stop it. <laughs> He's I never cried. When my father guy. passed on, when my mother passed on, I never oh, cried. When I saw you in Coney Island with yeah. Gabriel yeah. at the Brooklyn Cyclone game, and you were laying in the stands right before, thank God, you had that surgery. Yep. You were crying. That's right. I had uh, the chronic Crohn's disease, which I would rather get shot with five hollow point bullets <laughs> again <laughs> than chronic Crohn's disease. But careful now, what you wish for. There's a, a, a thread here. Yeah. This man sitting next to you. Right. Andrew Giuliani. His father, the godfather here at WABC and in so many ways politically, too. He's a good man. As you know, he came to my aid when Matteo, running against me in the Republican primary, was this close at getting Trump's endorsement. He had gone to Bedminster with Lieutenant General Flynn. Say, can't, can't, I, you got to endorse me because Sliwa's an ever-Trumper. He's a rhino. And Rudy looked at me and he said, no problem. I got this. He picks up the phone. Done. And as you remember, he campaigned with me and I won the primary. Yes, yes. So then he approaches me. And by the way, you did repay the favor for that because uh, in most places where Andrew was during his governor run, you were there. Yeah, well, you see, he approached me. The godfather, your father, Rudy. He says, Luke Cabrazzi, you got to do me a favor. (laughs) There's 10% of the Italians out there who hate my guts, which is true. 10% would never vote for Rudy. They may try to get to my son instead of getting me. You need to be at the side of my son. I say, Godfather, of course. I owe you so much. So our first event out in Staten Island, Tottenville, right? South Shore. You know, a lot of wise guys there, right? (laughs) That Rudy put away. We're at Angelina's. Big Republican confab. And here's Andrew. He's sitting on the edge of the platform because everybody has their tables on a platform. He falls off the platform. I mean, we're looking at a guy who would have been paralyzed. True. And I How many feet? How many feet was that fall? How many feet? It was uh, had to be ten feet. Ten no, one, and and were, you, were you drunk or, or uh, uh, you know a little bit? Okay, sure. I don't remember. <laughs> he was I, leaning I back, and so I saw that out of the corner of my eye. I swiped him with one arm. And I kept him from falling down. He he would have been seriously injured. Is this a true story? That is a true story. So you you, you basically saved story. Andrew Giuliani from maybe, and I mean this in the most uh, sincere fashion, yeah. maybe, God forbid, a lifetime of paralysis. Hey, look, I'm Luke Cabracci. I had to do it <laughs> right for there. the Luke Cabracci slept with the fishes, by the way. I, I, my friend. By the way, <laughs> and you know who was sitting next to us who can verify that? Who? A man at that time nobody gave any attention to. Yo, give, me, give me a hint. Don't tell me who it is. Give me a hint. Uh, he got 46% of the vote in the general election just recently in the gubernatorial Lee election. Lee Zeldin. No. Not Lee Zeldin. It was Michael Henry who was running for attorney general. Right. Remember? Oh, Nobody you paid know, him any attention. He's, he's running again now. That's now right. he's running for what? New York State chairman. That's right. And yes. I'm supporting him completely. You this are? is a stand-up guy. Let me tell you. He was sitting at the table. Nobody was paying him any respect because this is over a year ago. Yeah. And yet he sucked it up. 
He witnessed me saving Andrew's life, and he said, oh, my God, Curtis, you did that with one arm. And, <laughs> and you it, see Andrew Giuliani's a big boy. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. I put on, you know, especially then. I mean, you, especially when you're going to Angelina's right there, you're eating your chowing down over here. But that, to be saved by New York's guardian angel, just like he saved so many. Yeah, I but mean, see, I had to do this for your father. Yeah. Your father. And by the way, Michael Henry, a stand-up guy, all during the campaign. Remember, Tish yeah. James would not debate him, yeah. was afraid of him. She was the only one not to do a debate. He no. got 46% of the vote. He should be the New York State Republican chairman. I'm throwing my complete support in, helping well, him in New York City. Well, i got to stoke the flame a little bit because I've been looking forward to sitting in the studio with you two radio legends all week over here. Now, Curtis, I have a question for you. Yeah. You have been calling this man over here, a man who I have come to love so much oh, recently, the propaganda minister for the Adams administration, <laughs> and including oh my Lou God. and Macedonia Phil and Justin Ellick. Can you explain yourself yeah, I sitting been, in the, uh, the I would have had studio? more respect for Sid if he were propaganda minister for the Adams family. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everywhere where this guy goes, Sid, oh, Eric Adams, Eric Adams. You know, you have to understand, look how he's dressed today, right? They're metrosexuals. You know, they look at one another and they say, oh, where'd you get those threads? Wow, that's customized. He says, oh, Joseph Laboud. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. I, I warned, Sid, don't get into a hot tub with her. You, you may regret it, but they have so much in common. They're like two peacocks strutting around. <laughs> so they bonded together. They're like Ebony and Ivory. In fact, that's the theme song that I play when I do the Sid rap. Every day at 1247 at the end of the one hour that I do. And by the way, Sid, there's no doubt about it. You two are metrosexuals. <laughs> yes, we know that already. That's fine. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with a man dressing nicely, getting Botox? Eric Adams doesn't tan, obviously. He's got a good tan already. But uh, outside of that, what's wrong with that? Well, and then, of course, there's Sid, the uh, constant apologist. Let me see. Uh, Eric Adams gives me vertical, right? He says, uh, oh, we got to stop the migrants coming in, the illegal aliens. Yeah. He goes out of Washington. You never played this cut yesterday. He played multiple cuts where he blamed the Republicans and the conservatives. The I did play the cut, and in fact, I took him to task for it. You should. I said, you got to stop doing that. You stop blaming Republicans, and he's got to find a way almost every time to stay good with his party, to take a shot at Republicans, which, by the way, he's basically a Republican. No, he's I know not. You know, yes, he is. No, he's not. He's got to stop doing that. Now, by the way, he now wants to house the illegals in stadiums, like City Field and Yankee yeah. Stadium. Did you hear that one? Yeah, I did, yeah. He wants to bring the ocean liners back. This guy doesn't <laughs> want to get rid of him. He wants more. All he wants is show me the money. That's what it's all about. He wants $2 billion. This way he can piece it out to his cronies and they can house these illegals. You know the game here. With Eric Adams, it's always show me the money. Come on, be honest here, Sid Rosenberg. Well, there is some truth to what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but I will, I will tell you this, though. You have a situation in New York. You say that Eric Adams is a Republican. He's not a Republican. He used to be. He still is. No, no. Uh, believe me. There yes, was a time. I sit with him. I have these very honest conversations. Yeah, well, how come you haven't been able to get him to sit down with Andrew's daddy yet, Rudy? You know, he supported Rudy. He was a Republican back then yes. against David Dinkins. Yes. And yet every chance he gets, he trashes Rudy. Why? Why? No, he that? hasn't done that in a long time. No, he stopped whoa, doing whoa, whoa, that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's been a long time since he's done that. Why don't you ask him about Rudy the next time he's on? Well, why, 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 why,
what happened to that dinner? It's December fourteenth. I guarantee they've been very busy. Cross my heart and hope to die. The three of us will be sitting there. You, Eric Adams, tell you what, and Rudy. I'm Julian. going to Rudy's house on Saturday to yeah. watch the Giants and the Eagles. Mm. I'm going to take Mayor Eric. Adams yeah, let's let's invite him. You want to do that? We'll invite, yeah, 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 yeah. Invite him right now. Yeah, yeah. Mayor Adams, I'm sure you're listening. Please come on over. You're oh, invited. I'm sure he will. And Absolutely. the first thing they'll do is they'll be looking at one another in the mirror, like, oh, whoa. Gee, wow, man, look at that customized suit. Ooh, it's like, do, do you have a hot tub over there? Please, don't let these two guys jump in the hot tub. I mean, this is bro love. I call this bro love. Sid, I'm trying to save you here, you know. I know you're trying to save me, but it's all good. I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. You're sure? I promise. I can't yes. tell you how many people come up to me and say, what happened to Sid? Oh, He, he drinks, the, he know, drinks Eric Adams' yeah. Kool-Aid. Yeah, Eric care. Adams can do yeah. no wrong. Well, I didn't say, no, no. I took him to task yesterday about the Republicans, and I yell at him. We go out for dinner. I say, Eric, don't say this. Don't do that. And he listens. No, I'm not saying he, he, when, when so, he, you see, you are the minister of propaganda for Eric Adams. Well, no, 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 that's not the minister of propaganda. I am trying to provide a voice. The same idiots that you talk to, like what happened to Sid, these morons, instead of them coming to the realization that a Republican voice in Eric Adams' ear on a regular basis is a good thing for this city, they don't listen to that. But wait, you, know what, you, know what people, you know what people say to me? Because, hey, listen. Well, what do they say? What and they I say? tell them, listen, you got to listen four hours a morning, six to ten, five days a week. And now that Sid is also uh, helping John uh, with the uh, five o'clock roundtable, he's doing double duty. He's got more hours than you do right <laughs> well, now. So. It's like when that can Yeah, He's got more primetime hours. Yeah. More primetime right. hours, which counts a hell of a lot more well, than man. me on the weekends when that's all you hear is WABC always broadcasting Curtis. But what they say to me is they say... You know what Sid was originally? I said, what? Hillary supporter. That's true. No, it's so true. it's easy for him to flip the script <laughs> they back to being a Democrat. Yeah, but here's the difference. I voted for Hillary in 2016, but I'm an adult. So I came to the realization that she was an awful, awful candidate. And then I fell in love with Donald Trump in like a month. See, people are so dug in. If you vote for Hillary, Trump could never be good. Wrong. I love Trump now. If you don't like Eric Adams, he'll never be good. How long will you wrong. love Trump? I trashed how, how Eric long? Adams. Wait, wait, wait. Let, let's yeah. go through the litany uh, of right. friends yep, of yep, Sid yep, Rosen. Right. Right. Yep. Bo Dito throws Trump under the bus. <laughs> Congressman Peter King yeah. swimming over to my tugboat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the rhino <laughs> tugboat. Never Trump a tugboat. Peter King. Oh, he's no, he can't do it. Dove hiking. Oh, he supported anti-Semitism. You're the last man holding strong for Donald Trump. And I'm not leaving him. In fact, I got Larry Trump coming on this show Monday. The president is still going to come on sometime in the next two weeks. I am not leaving no, no, President Trump. No, no, let me Trump. ask you a question. Yeah, yeah. You're knocking yourself out with tapioca head, right? <laughs> yeah. you, you know, rich Italian kid went to poly prep day school, they call it day school. What a bunch of, I mean, pishes, right? Your, your parents did you well when they sent you to the yeshiva. The Solomon Shekhar. Yeah, they yes. got you out of there. Yeah. But anyway. So Takapina is talking to Trump. He said, I'm going to hook you up. Yeah, yeah. You're talking to the guy who plays golf here with Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, but guess what? They both talk to the same guy, whether it's Andrew yeah, Julian. Let, let me, they both talk to Boris Epstein trust me. who can't get dick done. Trust me. Nothing. Trust me, right? Andrew and I are different when it comes to uh, Donald Trump. We we have an understanding along right. with his dad. We a total understanding. Right. But Takapina is a Democrat. And Trump knows No, that. no, no, no. He's moving in a different direction. Yeah, yeah, like you move. Like you have a bowel <laughs> movement every day with your Metamucil, right? Like a bowel movement. 
Here's the guy who plays golf with Donald Trump, and you're yeah. talking to tapioca head, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who's trying to do business with Trump. No, no, no. It's the other way around. Trump called on Tacopina. I understand that. Joe didn't call Donald. Donald called on Tacopina. Basically said, save me. But it's not a friendship. That's a business relationship. This man has a friendship with Donald Trump. Why did you talk to him? I did. Andrew I'll, will probably hook you up and, faster and, and, than and, tapioca and, and, well, head. Guess, guess what Andrew did when I brought this up? He texted the same guy that Joe Tacopina is talking to, Boris Epstein, and in both cases, guess what got done? Nothing. Oh, whoa, whoa, oh, oh. So, well, now, hold on. We're going to double down on the push. Okay, well, hold on. Now hold the on. challenge is out there. Wait, the gauntlet wait. has been set. Okay, since you just dissed Andrew, right, yeah. you got the godfather coming up. Rudy. Yeah. The man talks directly to Trump. He does all the time. So why... Why are you not going through Rudy? What is wrong with you? I, I, Do you like to be a tortured soul I, I, in your I, I life? I don't like to use my friends in these types of situations. This is talk radio. We all use our friends. What are you talking about? I think Curtis is proposing a horse trade over here. Uh, yes, you yes, get yes, I love Eric this. Adams, Rudy Giuliani, dinner down. Rudy Giuliani will set up the interview for Donald Trump I'm telling on you, sit-in friends. That's not a bad deal, Curtis. That's not a bad deal. Yeah, that's Remember, a good deal. Remember, I'm Luke Cabrazzi <laughs> to Rudy Giuliani. I took care of his son all during the campaign. And I'm telling you, I've seen these guys in action. I saw Rudy do his show prep in which the New York Post had a really bad headline. He gets on the phone, man. He's screaming. They changed that headline within five seconds. Five seconds. Yeah, he's the man. You watch the master at work, and you're putzing around with tapioca head, right? Well, I'll tell you what. Rudy Giuliani is set to join us, Curtis Lee, in about 20 minutes. Maybe, just maybe. And you ask him who is Luke Cabrazzi is. That's I Curtis Sliwa here. <laughs> what a great job as always. Every segment with Curtis Sliwa. Every Monday at Body is amazing. Curtis, great job every weekday afternoon, 12.15 to 1. All weekend long, nobody better than the icon, the legend, the great Curtis Sliwa. Bill O'Reilly's morning message and Rudy Giuliani with me, Sid, and Andrew Giuliani coming right back. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Friday, I am thinking about a case in San Francisco where a business owner, 71-year-old Collier Gwynn, used a hose to wet down a homeless woman who had camped out in front of his gallery. Now, you may have seen a video. 13 million people have viewed it on Twitter. What Mr. Gwynn did was cruel. This is obviously a woman who is defenseless and troubled. Well, he has been arrested, as I predicted he would be, charged with battery. He's got $2,500 bail. He made it. He's out. And he faces six months in prison and a $2,000 fine if found guilty. I believe he'll plea it down and won't serve any time, but he'll have to pay a fine. Now, some sympathize with Collier Gwynn because the homeless have overrun downtown San Francisco. They use narcotics openly. They go to the bathroom in front of businesses on the sidewalks. It's gross. It's horrible. And San Francisco authorities ignore it. And this has been going on for years. So a business person like Collier Gwynn probably reached his limit. But you can't do vigilanteism. 
particularly on a defenseless woman like this. Now, if it was reversed and the homeless attack win, nothing would happen. That's true. But we have to do what's right. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. From our friends. 77 WABC. Team around the big three, Steph, Jamin, and uh, oh boy, you guys are That would be uh, Clay Thompson, Mr. Biden. Happy birthday Those to him, are the too. Words yeah. of Kajan, Kajan, Katanji, Drown, right. Jackson. There you go. Hey, uh, State, State, uh, thank you, Mr. President. Golden State almost beat Boston last night. Uh, Macedonia, Phil. Turned out to be a pretty good game in overtime. The Celtics went up by as many as nine, but they only won by three. That uh, crappy foul call at the end. Yeah, the Al Horford contest that was yeah. on Wiggins. What a good game, though. Yeah, uh, the Warriors should have won in regulation. They were up big I know. in the fourth quarter. I know. Boston's good, though. Boston's Real good. really good. Right now, is that your team to win the, uh, the national championship? Not the national championship. The NBA so. championship? No. No. You like the Milwaukee Bucks? Uh, I like the Celtics in the East. Well, it's like, oh, who do you said, like? Right. That's what I just oh. said, you moron. So well, in the East, that doesn't mean... Well, who do you, who's going to like them? Dallas? Who do you like in the West? I, I like the Denver Nuggets. Oh, will you stop Nugs. it? I know you love Jokic, but they're not going to win the they're NBA the, championship. They could. They go too deep, Jokic and Murray. That's it. No, they don't. Who else? Aaron Gordon is arguably an all-star No, he's year. fine. He's, he's fine. Michael Porter Jr. is young. Oh, he's you got to stop it. Bruce Brown. Stop. You're embarrassing yourself. Bones yeah. Highland. <laughs> Shut up. Vlatko Chanchar. No, these are real names. These are real names, yeah. but they're not going to win the NBA championship. Well, there's another guy, Bopal Nepal. Oh, well, that's right. Don't yes. forget about him. Yeah, Green. They didn't win it when they had Dan Issel and Alex English and Fats Lever and Kiki Vandewey and those guys. And World Be Free. World Be Free, let alone um, Aaron Gordon. But he knows the NBA. My son wants to hang out with you. I told Gabriel you were going to shoot baskets for them. You have my phone number. You could just give it to him. And the Can I really do that? Yeah, no, yeah, don't do that. it's no. probably a bad idea. No, it's a bad idea. Yeah, it's a bad idea. Don't, don't I'm, do it. I'm do telling it. you right now, I'm going to be a bad influence. I told you, burner phone. Burner phone is the answer. <laughs> Give him a walkie-talkie. The kid's going to be stealing bikes in neighborhoods. You don't want him walking. I mean, you've got yeah. a little, you've got a little girl, Grace. Yeah. But assuming somewhere down the road, let's say UNZ had a boy, right? And uh, the boy was into basketball, yeah. and Phil happens to be a really good basketball guy, and your son wanted to spend time with Macedonia Phil. Yeah, that's, that's not yeah. the that's not the, the answer. Right no, off the bat, yeah. I'm kind of with Andrew here. <laughs> I would, yeah, exactly. I kind of agree. It's just a bad idea, like all around. But you're still going to call him this weekend. Just <laughs> okay. call him and, and, and talk to him because then he's going to end up inked up and everything. No, all he's not over the place. He's going to have like the Tyson my son thing on there. Why don't you just, so give him just Al- be careful? Just, why don't you just give him Alec Baldwin's phone number? <laughs> <while you're> <laughs> what are you doing this weekend, Bill? Are you watching the games? What games? Yeah, see? Yeah. He actually went, you ready for this? He went to see the Nets play the Thunder. I know. On Flappish Avenue, right in the third quarter of the Giants and the Vikings. Well, at least nothing was going on in that game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> why do you, by the way, were, were they at least in the stadium giving updates? Yeah, they actually the they put on the Jumbotron once they showed the oh, win. That's good. Everyone was like screaming. Yeah. Wow. You know, we were all busy watching the Thunder. So. <laughs> and Phil goes, 
What what's going on on that screen? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there's, a story, there's a story here that's actually bothering me today. My my old friend Ed Mullins, he was out with me and Bernie quite a bit, and he was uh, the, you know the ex cop union head, and he got arrested. Turned uh, they they contended that he stole hundreds of thousands of dollars, and uh, Eddie was uh, always great with me and Bernie because he's so pro cop. Uh, even like Pat Lynch, you know, and every opportunity, you know, back when he was running the cops union, that's when BLM was at its strongest and people were hating on the cops and maybe Eddie did steal this money. Maybe he didn't. But if you love cops, you love Ed Mullins back then. Right. So now that he's guilty, and I'm seeing this story this morning. It, uh, it's bothering me a little yeah. bit. So, can your uh, father so- do something about this? <laughs> do you know anybody I... with Bernie Carrick when you need him? I think he's working on those, his own legal issues right now, as a matter of fact. So, I don't know if he's going to have yeah. much weight in terms of getting that one all said. Right you know, now. they offered me um, uh, a couple of days ago Jeff Madras. Right. You know who he is? I, uh, no. He's who like is? the new police chief. Hey, Justin, remember a couple of weeks ago I, I told you that Pat Russo, a good looking yeah, guy, does the kids Pat. with the boxing and yep. all that? He offered me Jeff Madras. He's the new police chief, and he Second came number. out yesterday, Madras, and he blasted, who was it, the uh, congressperson, about bail reform? Oh, yes. That was great. You saw that? Yes. Yes. He came in one of the uh, Dinowitz, the assembly yeah, member Dinowitz, from, that's from right. the Bronx. So, right. So, Madras, uh, according to Pat Russo, wants to come on the show, Justin. Can you get that done? Yeah, I don't see why not. Get, he's great. I mean, he absolutely came in there, and I think they were at... Uh, some type of thing about bail reform. It was. And Dinowitz was defending bail reform, and, and he just said, hey, look, the numbers don't align with this thing. Well, you yeah, could talk yeah, about yeah. your political narrative well, here, yeah, but yeah. it just does not align. Like, this is it, When you're talking about the same 1,300 people in New York City that are committing crime after crime after crime, yep. then you know getting a big portion of crime down. Violent crime's up 25% in the last year. The way you get crime down is lock those 1,300 people of up. Of course. That's it. That's of how course. you do it. It's that simple. But, but, the, you know, but he's the... And- Stewart Cousins, they say the same thing Dinowitz says, Drew. So uh, good for a Madras. Just book him, okay? Uh, book him for next week. Maybe Monday with Lara Trump. That'll be a big show. Yeah. Uh, Joe Abu checks in. He says the ghost of Red Auerbach is back. The Celtics are going to win it all this year. Love you. That's from Joe Abu, Phil. <laughs> Anything for Joe? Joseph Abu's, you know, a dedicated Bostonian. So. He is, yes. When he says you, that. does he say love you? Does he spell out Y-O-U? Or yeah, does he, he, say you? he Yeah, uh, He really yeah. loves No, we have a real love affair. Yeah, yeah. that's so we had sex twice. Yeah, yeah. that was nice. Well, 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 is, uh, well, why only twice? Wow. <laughs> it feels like a weird number. You have to do it once, or you do it, you know. Well, it was one time in Miami, and then it was one time in New York. Don't ask any more questions. God. I'm so curious now. By the way, you and I came close a couple of times. Came close a couple of times right there. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. All right. Big show already. Janaya Butler was great at 640. Curtis Sliwa, amazing at 705. Still to come, we're going to talk to Melissa DeRosa about this whole. LaSalle situation. She worked alongside Andrew Cuomo for many years. She'll be here at 8.05, 8.40, Joseph Takapina. 8.25, the former overnight host at WFAN, JJ After Dark, John Jaskremski. And then at 9.25, we will do a live simulcast with WPHT in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, as we get set to talk Giants and Eagles coming up on Saturday night. Now, Janaya did mention Godfather of Harlem back at 6.40. She loves that show. And she mentioned the great job that Bo Deedle does on that yeah. show. And I mentioned the fact that Bo and I 
are in uh, two shows together, one movie, actually, Gemini Lounge and Gravesend. And I just got a text from the great Bo Deedle. He says, listening to you from Antigua, he's on Johnny Rosati's, right. right? I love John, on a 220-foot yacht. Wow. He goes, Sid, you sound great. My Bo Deedle's True Crime Story, which is his podcast, does very well. It's about Larry Ray, the Sarah Lawrence cult scumbag. He's get, that's what he wrote. <laughs> He's getting sentenced today. This was Bernie Kerrick's best man. Yeah. Listen to part two really? of this great podcast with Bo. It's great. Really? It, it's yeah, an amazing no, his, story. His podcasts are great. I it's haven't great. heard this one yet. But, and, yes. but your father knows his story yeah. about the Sarah Lawrence cult and yeah. Bernie Kerrick and all that. Mm-hmm. So with that said, here he is, the greatest mayor in the history of any city in this country's history. A rock and roll star, 3 o'clock every weekday afternoon on our station. And most importantly, the father of a man sitting right next to me right now, Andrew, the great Rudy Giuliani. Good morning, Rudy. I don't know nothing. <laughs> You've heard that once or twice before, right, Rudy? <laughs> oh boy! That one before. Yeah. I've been, I've been I've been practicing criminal defense law for quite a while since I was a prosecutor. I learned keep your mouth shut. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's the smartest way. How do you get? Look at look at look at Baldwin. Yeah. If you didn't, didn't do that stupid, I didn't press the trigger. Yeah. You realize how, I mean, I was in a prosecutor's office much longer than I was a defense lawyer. Imagine everybody in that prosecutor's office is, what, what, what do you think, we're dopey? <laughs> we're stupid? Yeah. His defense attorney has to be pulling his hair out. I mean, yeah. he's watching. Well, but he said that a long time ago. He didn't yeah. say it recently, but it was right. when it first happened. But right. it was an unfortunate statement. It's kind of like OJ, I never bought a knife. Right. But, uh, <laughs> hey, Rudy, now your son right. is upset yeah. because I Very told upset. him. That uh, just a couple of days ago, first of all, last week you called me on Sunday morning and you said, come by my palatial, beautiful apartment and watch a giant game, which is very nice. <laughs> so now you followed up on Monday and said, listen, you missed me last week. Why don't you come by on Saturday and yeah, watch sure. a giant Yes. Uh, but according to your son, Andrew, well, I've been invited twice. He is yet to get an invite. I've not gotten an invite yet. <laughs> Will that invite be arriving or... I invited you the other day. What are you getting, like Biden? Oh, maybe I'm getting like Biden over here. <laughs> I must have missed it. I must must have missed the text over here. Okay. Well, I feel better now about myself. I thought you loved Sid Rosenberg more than you loved oh, me you over here. Invited. And that's what Sid's been saying all day. <laughs> yes, that's true. That well, you said you, uh, Grace and your wife were invited. Not yes. You. That's, that's what I told Sid. Yes. I said, I'm riding the coattails of Grace. I know right. Grace will get invited. That beautiful little granddaughter. She's such a beautiful little girl. Uh, that's a big game coming up on Saturday. But uh, to the serious note, you said here to Andrew, what are you getting like Biden? And uh, that has been one of the excuses I've heard, Rudy, that he didn't know. He didn't know. But we all know this. Not even, Folks are not even lawyers. Saying I did not know is not a legitimate defense, is it? Not to the actually, maybe some very, very uh, uh, serious crimes that have a lot of intent involved in them. But no, basically, I don't know to this crime really wouldn't work because what is the crime? The crime is putting uh, national secrets in jeopardy, you know, really serious secrets in jeopardy. So negligence works as a substitute for what we call intent. So you don't have to know. You just have to be negligent. And he sure as hell, I'll tell you, you want an example of negligence you can use in a law school classroom. It's that picture on the front page of the post with his, uh, with his Corvette. Yeah. And then the documents right, on, right in plain view, right behind it. 
Is there... Think about that. A guy who had a very close business relationship with Chinese spies passed that thing almost every day. You know, one of the biggest questions I have after seeing that and also seeing Hunter driving around that same... Uh, that same Corvette, which means that Hunter was two feet away from those boxes of classified information. We still can't get the logs of who actually showed up at Biden's house in between. So when we know that when he was running yep. for president, uh, is there any legal recourse where we can actually get and access that? Or are we just yelling at the top of our lungs asking for it when really it's basically going to be a uh, political thing rather than actually something that we can actually yeah. get the recourse on? That's, I mean, that's the whole problem, man. We can yell and scream, but you got to have an honest prosecutor, U.S. attorney, right. Justice Department, or FBI. There's no honest prosecutor in the world that would not have searched that entire house. Mm-hmm. To rely on the lawyers to search it right. is ridiculous. Suppose when they showed up at my house at 6 o'clock in the morning to search me, honestly, for no reason other than to harass me, as Trump's lawyer, right? It said, "No, no, come, uh, um, it's inconvenient right now. Why don't you come back? I'll have Bob Costello, my lawyer, search. Yeah, <laughs> and he'll, he'll tell him what you want. He'll get it for you. Yeah. Or suppose Trump did that at Mar-a-Lago. Right. Suppose his lawyer said to the FBI, "Oh, you're a bunch of nice guys, and I was a former Marine. You know, we. Uh, I'm going to search for you. Yeah. I mean, they they wouldn't even let her go along on the search." They wouldn't let her photograph the search. They wouldn't let her in the house. It's wild. They, they were in Mar-a-Lago all by themselves for nine hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm sorry. They're too damn crooked for me not to believe they didn't plan things. No, no, they, they probably but, did. But look, at the end of the day, we all agree, you, Judge Napolitano, every guest I have on this show, they're not going to indict a sitting president over this. In fact, Biden quoted yesterday, I think you're going to find there's nothing there. I've got no regrets. There's nothing there. And the post reads, shameless Joe has no regrets. Prez scolds the journalists over the docs query. So really, if you come down to it, Rudy, it's good for the Republicans because they put Trump through hell. So here's our revenge. But legally, there's no story here. No, uh, it never should have been a, a criminal investigation in the first place. But they but they created it against Trump. And now they're sort of um, they're sort of stalemated on. They can't they can't indict Trump without indicting Biden. They can't indict Biden right now. So they'd have to indict him and put it on hold. And they're not going to do that. So you got to just cancel the whole damn thing out. Now, did it did did it happen on purpose? I mean, uh, why did the real interesting question is, why did it happen? Those documents have been there for six years and nobody's known about it. Right. Right. It could be been there for another six years and we wouldn't have known about it. (laughs) It didn't come from a Republican. <laughs> Republicans didn't know the documents were there. So somebody within his within his inner circle that has access to his home or or that Chinese sponsored foundation that he has that's another one that's hilarious. I mean, he brings the documents to a foundation that's paid for by the Chinese Communist government. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if Don Kennedy did that or or uh, Ronald Reagan? Oh come on! They brought documents yeah. to a Soviet sponsored foundation. Trump. Soviet spots for them, they'd be in jail. Oh, no question. <laughs> that, that is quite a, tw- a twist to the story. You know, you're talking about lining up, though, Democrats against Joe Biden. Rudy, they are starting to line up against Donald Trump. Nikki Haley intimating yesterday she's going to run 
Mike Pompeo a couple of days ago. He did the same thing. We want your opinion, Rudy, on Donald Trump and who's going up against him. Plus, Mayor Eric Adams, his week that was here in New York City. The great Rudy Giuliani with me, Sid Rosenberg, and his son, Andrew Giuliani, right here. He'll be right back on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome back to Sid and Friends, joined by America's mayor, a guy I know pretty well, Rudy Giuliani. Now, Dad, I got to ask you, uh, we were talking about this before, and you had the opportunity to spend a bunch of time with President Trump when you were down in Florida about a week ago. What's his mindset like? You know, Andrew, you know him uh, as well as I do, actually. Uh, and uh, he's remarkable. I expected a couple of times this happened. I expect I was going to go and have to lift his spirits. You know, yeah. he's had a tough he's had a tough couple of months. We, you got to admit that, right? And uh, the guy's <laughs> nothing bothers him. I mean, there are a couple of things that actually should bother him a little. They don't bother him. Well, I mean, he's got he's got his uh, uh, he's got his head into running again. There's no doubt about it. I mean, th- this isn't. People thought maybe he announced to ward off uh, investigation. The investigation doesn't even bother him. Yeah. Basically, uh, he said from the very beginning, I'm in the middle of a process with them, and, and they make it criminal. They never made it criminal before for anybody else. This is going to help me and hurt them, ultimately. Well, well, listen, it may not be bothering him, but I can tell you, Rudy, Ron DeSantis sitting on the sidelines, he's watching this very, very closely. Because it may not bother Trump, but if Georgia with January 6th goes sideways on Trump, that's exactly when DeSantis jumps in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, something would have to go wrong. I got to tell you, you know, it's like I don't want to make it a betting situation, but there are certain teams you don't bet against. Yeah. I don't bet against them. Right. Yeah, I know I hear you. I mean, he's got he's got to get rid of people like Steve Chung and Boris Epstein. But outside of that, he's, uh, <laughs> he's a, I think I think he's certainly oh, a force. Man. He's operated. He's operated with uh, you can't. Andrew can tell you he's operated with organ. These guys are, are uh, stars compared to. <laughs> no, I know, I know. In the past, I know. Hey, Frank Morano is telling me that uh, you told him last night, Rudy, that what Mike Pompeo said about possibly getting Mike Pence off the ticket and replacing him with Nikki Haley was true, even though Haley is denying it. Do you want to? Yeah. I don't, I don't know that for a fact, uh, uh, Bernie. I don't, I don't, uh, Sidney Andrew. I don't really know it for a fact. Uh, it's my instinct. He, I, he never told me that. I never, I wasn't there. I was, a, I heard a lot of things around it and there was, I, they got pretty damn close to, uh, to making that switch. And if you go back to contemporary newspaper articles of the Times, the leaks were damn strong. Mm-hmm. I may even be relying on yeah. those leaks more than my own knowledge. Yeah. But there was a real there was a real process where they thought about dumping Pence. 
There were a couple other people they thought about, too. But right. she was the number one article. Uh, so number, so number with, her, with her kind of intimating yesterday that she's going to run in 2024, if this is true and Donald Trump really did almost dump Mike Pence for her, does that make her a more legitimate candidate? Or do you, like me and Andrew, think basically whether it's Tim Scott, Mike Pompeo, Nikki Haley, basically this is a two-man race, Trump versus DeSantis? It's only a two-man race if they stay out of it. If they stay in it, it's uh, Trump against uh, also red. Uh, DeSantis needs a one-man race against Trump. Right. If you start dividing up the anti-Trump vote, whatever it is in the Republican Party, you're dead. Then, then, then he beats you two to one. You got you, you can't you can't he can't you can't have him run against the field. He's got I mean he's got a solid. I'll make it the worst case scenario. He's got a solid thirty-five percent. Uh, that. 35% will become 40 if it's a three, four-person race. It'll be 50 if it's a five, six-person race. When, so, when, do you see, when do you see him actually getting into some of these early states and starting to do more? I know we've seen a few interviews, but we're trying to get him on Sid and Friends over here, and he's not even <laughs> coming on. And by the way, I, I know Boris. I texted Boris. Boris is a good friend. Uh, we got to get, get President Trump on these. And by, if I was advising President Trump, I would tell him he should be going on the number one morning show in the country. But also, he should also go on probably whoever's number one in L.A. He should go on whoever's number one in Chicago. Remember, he's got to win these in Republican primaries. So uh, when, does he come, when does he start getting a little bit more present, if you will? Well, I would say his window is... He's got to start by the end of the summer, by the end of, by the, by the beginning of the summer, the end of the spring. Right. Uh, and he certainly, I mean, he, that's absolutely the, the, the final point. He can't go to the, he can't go to the, to the fall. So let's say June, he's got to really pick it up. And I think, you know, let's see, there's a, a, a rally in South Carolina and uh, is, it, is he going to start in with a rally a week? Then make maybe two a week, and with that you start doing your radio and and, and right, uh, maybe right. Yeah, I mean he's still going to come on. I think this show in the next two weeks. Lara, his daughter-in-law, is coming on on Monday right. at nine twenty-five. We'll see. Thirty seconds to go, Rudy Giuliani. We started the conversation with this. We'll end it with this. Saturday night, big party in your apartment. I'm coming. Andrew's coming. All of New York, even Mayor Eric Adams. Yeah, is courtesy coming. we invited Mary yes, Eric he's Adams. He's coming. Uh, give us your oh, prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Prediction: Giants, Eagles. Who wins on Saturday? I got it. I have to go with the Giants. I just had, I know it's yes. Uh, however, young team. Nobody told them they can lose. They look. They look like that uh, last week. They look like a young team, and we're just going to do it needed to win. They got two very, from the point of view of the Eagles, two dangerous talents in the quarterback and the running back. Yep. I mean, that combination is unreal. Either one of them can go. You know, go to the uh, to the, for a touchdown on any play, and uh, and then the guy, the kid can throw too. So they're dangerous. Their they're, defense is flexible enough to keep you out of the end zone. You know, they may they may be a little bit uh, uh, they're not they're not they're not killers, but they're they're terrific uh, in the red zone. So I got to go with them, and I know the Eagles are the better team. But we've beaten better teams before. And the Giants are playing their best football. One more quick question before you go. I remember yeah. there were a whole lot of bets that you made with other mayors and other governors while you were mayor. Would you have ever bet a vegan cheese steak on a football <laughs> game? Come on now. I, 
That's what Mayor Eric Adams bet, a vegan cheesesteak over here. Fine. I wouldn't put, bet any uh, recent mayor of Philadelphia anything because they wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that. Rudy Giuliani, everybody, does an amazing job, 3 o'clock, every weekday afternoon right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And in our estimation, the greatest mayor in the history of any city across this great country. We love you. See you Saturday night for the Giants and Eagles, the great Rudy Giuliani. Big 8 o'clock hour to come your way, which includes... Famed defense attorney, my dear friend Joseph Takapina, former overnight host at WFAN, John Yastrzemski. And coming up next, she sat right, along, right alongside Andrew Cuomo for many years, Melissa DeRosa, sitting friends in the morning here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Oh, no, I get by with a little help from my friends. Let's kick off the by lighting up. Oi! From my friends. The star of the show. Oi! Oi! I spoke to a radio broadcaster famous here in New York, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. Oi! This Oi! is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. 77 WABC. Glory Days, Bruce Springsteen. I just spoke to little Stephen Van Zandt yesterday. Somebody said to me yesterday, they said, who's that lady in the open who says, I just spoke to this famous broadcaster. That, of course, is my friend Kelly Ripa, <laughs> who um, promoted my book that day. And that was a great plug, by the way. That was a great plug. And it was a great interview that you had with Thank her you. on here. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that's how I got her to uh, plug the book. And yeah. then Ryan Seacrest was so angry. He folded his hands and sat back and rolled his eyes. And But Kelly was great, so God bless her. He took Gelman backstage and beat him up. <laughs> you have a little history with Ryan. He, he's not there anymore. Is he Gelman? Is he, is he still there? Nah, he, he left with Regis, I think, many years ago. No? Maybe you're right. With, he didn't leave oh, I don't know. Regis. Maybe you're right. I don't know. He sits on the stage right He's next, still there, huh? I think so. All right. No, no, he's not. They got some fat girl now. Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. And she was also miserable that day with my book. Don't you remember? I would, she goes, I, oh, you read, uh, you read his book? And she rolled her eyes like, oh, no. my God, he likes Trump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. it's, it spoke volumes. Uh, fine. <laughs> uh, Joe Takapina this hour, John Yastrzemski. You know, I've been doing double duty this week, hosting this number one rated New York City uh, morning show. And then I've been sitting in with John Katz and Matidis, Katz at night. And a couple of days ago, after LaSalle was uh, voted down by the New York legislature, we had Melissa DeRosa on the show. Now, I've wanted Melissa on this show for a long time. I mean, I hate Andrew Cuomo, I do, but I've always liked Melissa. And, of course, she was uh, his uh, secretary. And she was so good on the cat show a couple nights ago that I said to Rich, I said, could you get me, Melissa? We're number one mornings in New York. Here she is making her debut on Sitting Friends in the Morning, Melissa DeRosa. Melissa, good morning. Welcome back to WABC. Good morning, Sid. Great to be here. Great to have you. So uh, the reason why I thought you were so good the other day is because I spoke to Governor David Patterson, Governor Pataki, and others. Everybody is making excuses for Kathy Hochul and blaming the legislators and all these other folks. You're like the only one who said, well, wait a second. It still falls in her lap. And I agree with you. LaSalle not getting through. You can't say that Kathy Hochul is not to blame in some respect, right? 
Oh, I mean, the, the all of the blame lies with Kathy Hochul. This was the showdown at the OK Corral, and she blew it. She showed up with a squirt gun, and the legislature showed up with a bazooka. I mean, and, and and by the way, the reporters are getting this wrong, and the editorial, the, some of these pieces I'm seeing, these analysis pieces, are getting it wrong. They're trying to say it's the far left that sort of tanked this, and it was Hochul holding the center against the far left. That's not what happened. There was a decision that LaSalle was involved in, which in my opinion, he was merely upholding the law, but that doesn't change the fact that it upset labor. The unions were really upset. And so because of that decision, as soon as LaSalle was chosen, the AFL-CIO and all these other major unions in New York came out publicly opposed. And once that happened, labor is the backbone of the Democratic Party. Once that happened, all of the moderates were then in play because the far left can't control the Senate. They don't have enough numeric seats. But once labor got involved, you lost the middle. And in my opinion, Kathy Hochul blew it because those labor guys, number one, she wasn't able to hold the line with and get them to, to back off. And number two, I think it shows a fundamental lack of respect from them to her and sort of a lack of like, you know, we're not afraid of you and we don't respect you. And you're the governor of the state of New York. You put out your court of appeals nominee and we feel totally free to go out and publicly say absolutely not. And so there's, I think, a sort of larger problem for Hochul that we as New Yorkers should all sort of be aware of going into the legislative session where she's just incredibly weak. And I think you're going to see a big power flip like we've never seen, certainly not under Andrew Cuomo, love him or hate him. I think everyone can agree he was yes, charged. Yes, yes. And, you know, same thing under Pataki. But it, this legislature, it's going to be a runaway train. And, and, and by I don't the way, think and, and by the way, can to, handle it. To your point, Melissa, what happened just now with Hochul, as critical as I am about Andrew, never would have happened with him. Never. No, it absolutely would not have happened. I mean, they blew the politics. They blew the substance. It took them three weeks to start making arguments as to why the positions they were saying he took, he didn't take to put together press conferences. It was just it was totally botched. And then it was on the heels of, you know, the pay raise. She gave the legislature the largest pay raise in history. And this was how they turned around and thanked her. So, you know. Going into this year, you know, I think everyone should start feeling like if they need something, they've got to go to their friends in the legislature because the governor appears to be a little bit of a bit player these days. Yeah. Why you give that pay raise before passing any of your agenda is mind boggling to me. So is LaSalle dead in the water or does the governor have any recourse uh, with any lawsuits to get this to the full Senate floor? Does she even have the votes if she can get this to the full Senate floor? What's your estimation on that, Melissa? Well, you asked the better question second. I think that she can absolutely bring a lawsuit and she's out there saying, you know, that she was going to. And again, I think tactically speaking, you're the governor of the state of New York. If you threaten you're going to bring a lawsuit, you better bring that lawsuit or you really are weak. Um, But then to answer your second question, I think at this point, if she gets it to the floor, the Democratic members now, because they feel like they're in this standoff with her, whether or not they like LaSalle, they're going to lock arms and vote as a block and go down. And then you're going to be the governor that had your court of appeals nominee lose on the floor 42 to 22 with the only votes you've got being the Senate Republicans and maybe, you know, Luis Sepulveda. So it's like, pick your poison. Like, how do you want to die? Because it's over. <laughs> it's so true. you sort of just have to decide how you want to get there. That's great, Melissa DeRosa. So I guess the bigger question is, 
LaSalle for his detractors, right? They go, nah, he's a little too conservative, Melissa. Too conservative. And then you go, but wait a second, wait a second. Uh, Cuomo does this. He still gets through. It's more about Kathy Hochul's weakness. So which one is, I know you're, you're, you're critical of Kathy, so am I. You're on record doing that just five minutes ago. Is there anything to LaSalle is a bit too conservative, or is this more of, we're not letting her get her thing done. She ain't getting it through. You know, it's, it's, a, it's kind of neither. I would say that's a third option, which is this wasn't about whether or not he is conservative. He made a couple of decisions that politically went crosswise of labor and of some of the choice groups. But when you actually take the time to read the decisions, he was merely upholding the law, which is what we expect the judiciary to do. But so what the Senate is essentially saying is, our interest groups that support us don't like him because for personal reasons, they disagree with the law and they don't want him and we are going to carry their water. So, you know, he's not conservative. Objectively, he's not conservative. And if anyone watched the hearing, you know, he came out and said, I am fully pro-choice. I absolutely believe in unions right to organize. But as a judge, you have to put your personal opinions on hold and you have to uphold the law as the law is written. And so now we're getting into a little bit of a dangerous territory here where, you know, Republicans have been criticized for years over politicizing the Supreme Court and choosing justices that, you know, undid decades worth of precedent on Roe v. Wade. And now it feels like Democrats who have sort of decried that tactic have decided, you know what, we're going to do the same thing on our side. And so I don't think that this was about LaSalle himself being conservative. I think that the Democrats are taking a new approach to how they're dealing with the bench. I think it's going to politicize the bench in a way that's bad for New York, because, you know, for all of us, you now live in a state where you have two chambers of the legislature that are held by super majorities of Democrats. So you're going to have a lot of far left bills that get passed that maybe aren't constitutional. And with a governor like this, she'll sign them regardless of the law. So a lot of this stuff is going to get challenged and ultimately go to the Court of Appeals. And that's the only place where New Yorkers can you know, hope that the line is going to be held on some of this stuff. And if you have a weak bench or if you have someone who's willing to take their ideology over law, this ends in a very bad place. So with Hochul getting completely run over with the LaSalle nomination by the far-left Democrats, And you've got the budget process here coming up, as we know, and the most important time in Albany. What's this? What do you estimate this budget to look like? I mean, last year was over two hundred and twenty billion dollars, over two times the state of Florida's budget. I mean, are we looking at a two hundred and fifty billion dollar budget in the state of New York? What, What do you think? You know, I think that economically times are a lot tougher this year. I think that they've sort of pissed away all the federal money we got from COVID. And so I think that and and in combination with some outward migration trends that we still haven't seen reversed since COVID, I think they're going to have to be more responsible this time around. Um, And so I think the budget will look different. I think what's interesting is but, but some people say... Sorry to interrupt oh, you, Melissa. Who's the no, adult ahead. in the room? Who, who's saying that we need to be more responsible, right? I don't, I don't see the adult in the room that has the leverage to actually say we need to do this. So that's, that's, that's the question I have. Who's, who's actually enforcing and saying, let's actually be responsible with our budget? Well, the, the pro, I, I, I largely agree with you, but you can't spend money you don't have. So right. unless you're going to raise taxes or raise revenues in other ways, you're sort of confined to whatever's in the bank. And, I, and you know, she did say she's not going to raise taxes, and the legislature doesn't seem, at this point at least, to be questioning that. 
So, you know, we'll see. Right. You know, you wonder on the way out that you know, everybody in this town is saying if she doesn't sue, if she doesn't fight back, then it looks worse than it already is, Melissa. But is this more about Kathy Hochul looking good or about getting this right on the Supreme Court? Is she not better off at this point taking the loss, nominating somebody else, and getting this thing done? I mean, what is more important, how she looks or the court? Well, and, and that that is a larger issue here. You know, she hasn't yet proven that she can walk and chew gum. She's got a budget coming down the pike. It's like, do you want this ongoing distraction? You need to put someone on that bench that's going to do the job. So you do you just sort of like cut your losses, put someone up you know that can get done and turn back to the job at hand, or do you drag this out? Again, though, I would say her problem is if you're the governor of the state of New York and you threaten to do something, you better follow through or else you're a joke. So, as I said before, this is back to the pick your poison. It's no good choice. It's just choose how you go down. Mm. Aren't you happy now you voted for Lee Zeldin, Melissa? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I can't go with the anti-choicer. I'm kidding. Hey, uh, you were great on Cats at Night. You're great here. And I want you to keep coming back. You are such a terrific, terrific voice. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. I look forward to it. Thank you, Melissa. Melissa DeRosa right there. And I think she's the best one when it comes to discussing this. Everybody else is making excuses for Hochul. Patterson, who I love dearly. Pataki, who I love dearly. Judge Weinberg, who did I Pataki love dearly. Make, I didn't yes. Pataki make. What did you say? I he said she, she, she did what she had to do. What do you want from her? She, she nominated the person. He likes LaSalle. She lost all her leverage when she gave him 30 grand raises in I December. I that's know. it. Lost all well, of her leverage. A, but, yes, but but that's a different story. She could have done but that and still picked the right guy. I know that. Yeah. I know that. Yes. So their contention is she picked the right guy. Mm-hmm. He's a good man. Right. What do you want from her? Yeah. She did what she had to do. But at the end of the day, if she doesn't get it done, it's no different than the coach of a football team. Yeah. Right? If the team goes out there and fumbles, the coach didn't fumble. Right. They throw an interception that wasn't the coach, but the coach gets fired. Yeah. Because they didn't win. Right. Kathy Hochul didn't win. Yeah. Bottom line. Yep. She sucks. And New Yorkers are losing because of it. She sucks. (laughs) And she doesn't suck a little. She sucks a lot. Well, I can't uh, say anything to that in terms of whether I know that or not. You almost ran against her. I agree. You came in second place, almost (laughs) ran against her. No, she's awful. God. This is just, uh, I think it just shows she's completely inept. There's a reason why Andrew Cuomo chose her to be his lieutenant governor. Yeah. Because she was not threatening at all. Because she couldn't actually get anything done legislatively. It's it's like when Bill O'Reilly goes on vacation and picks Mike Slater. (laughs) He's got nothing to worry about. (laughs) (laughs) All right, John Yastrzemski is coming up next. Sitting friends in the morning with Andrew. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends.
There's nothing left inside of me Ah, the great Meatloaf passed away a year ago today. A year ago today, Meatloaf passed away. Uh, for some reason, whatever Frank Morano says about the show, I take to heart. He just texted me this after the Melissa DeRosa interview. He said, Trump supporter host, that's me, Sid, and Andrew Giuliani, my uh, partner today, interviewing Andrew Cuomo's number one aide and advisor right after Cuomo's LG gets rolled by the legislature. Where would you ever hear anything like that? So there you have it. That's uh, why Frank you're number Rado. one, Sid. That's why we're number That's one, yes. Number one. Uh, John Yaskremski is a guy I've known for many years. Came up as a young kid at WFAN and had a really successful overnight gig there. It was uh, J.J. After Dark. I love the kid. Dolphin fan. In fact, I think I got him into Peter Luger for the first time. I'll have to double-check that. <laughs> but now he's a big star at SNY. He does all these degenerate gambling shows, and I love him. He's got that. He's like a Brooklyn kid. He's... He loves sports. He's kind of a throwback to when FAN was really great. And it sounds uh, like he's ta- you're talking about yourself. Well, well, that's true. It sounds too. like you're talking yeah. about yourself. Well, he's, you know what it is? The young generation, the John Yastrzemskis, Sal Licata's, even Fat Chris Collin, they're me. You know, yeah. you know that when I was a kid, it was Mike and Chris. Right now, for these kids, they wouldn't admit it, of course. Oh, oh Sal does. Right, it's me. I yeah. was that guy. Yeah. But now John is doing great. SNY, he do, the whole quarterback thing with the Giants on Monday morning, making his debut on Sid and Friends in the Morning. JJ in the Morning, John Yastrzemski. Good morning, Johnny. Sid, Andrew, pleasure to be on. What's happening, fellas? How, How are you, buddy? Now, 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 I did. Uh, when you get engaged, I got you into Peter Luger or something. Did so, that happen? No, I was not in, you did get me into Luger for the first time. That is a true story. I was <laughs> not engaged. I think I was dating Kate for like a year or two. Okay. Did it he work out? Me up with the great Tommy. And now Tommy is one of my guys. And we talk about that story anytime I go in. You got me drinks. It was like the whole Oh, that's great. That's thing. great. So you took care of me. And, you know, and, and by the way, I was there about two weeks ago, and I still talk to Tommy all the time. So, well, first of all, congratulations on all your success. Like I said, you're, you're, a, you're like a Brooklyn kid, big sports guy, and I love your, your whole, the whole thing, your whole act, the whole, you know, the, the gambling stuff, the, the football stuff. You're really terrific. So let's get right to it. Uh, my pick for the weekend. First of all, I like all the overs. I like all the overs. But let me start with the Giants. I'm going to buy that from 7.5 to 8. I'm going to take the Giants plus the points against the Eagles. I'm a Giant fan. I understand that. Putting bias aside, they're playing great football. I'm not sure Hurts is completely healthy. I think the Giants plus the points. It's a lot of points, more than a touchdown. Sounds good. What does J.J. think? I agree. Now, I was dumb enough to take the Vikings last week, and I told the quarterback that. He was not happy with me. He was not happy with me. And shame on me. Shame on me, fellas, for spinning on the giant team last week because they played great. They executed in the red zone. And I'm with you, Sid. I think they're live in the game. First of all, what's Hurts like going into this game? I have no idea. Then you take Lane Johnson, who's their best lineman. Yeah, he's playing, but he's playing with a torn groin. The Giants are getting after the quarterback. The Giants are scoring points. Division game, third time they're matching up. Uh, I like plus eight. I think they're in the game for sure. 
What about the first game that day? What do you like with the Jacksonville Chiefs game there? Because I think that's another big eight and a half, nine point favorite yep. the Chiefs are. Do you like the dog in that game? Or do you like the Chiefs laying that many points? So the Chiefs usually never cover, but I, I don't like Jacksonville in this spot. Mm-hmm. I, I know Doug Peterson knows everything there is to know about Andy Reid. I mean, they played. They, they, Doug Peterson played for Andy Reid. He coached for Andy Reid. He succeeded Andy Reid. But you got to think the Chiefs are going to be ready to go. They're at home. They're a far more prolific team. And, and Jacksonville has been having these games where, listen, they fall behind by 17 points. They came back against Dallas. They were down 27 and nothing last week. They came back to win. The Los Angeles Chargers, I mean, how Brandon Stilley still has a job. I, no I, I mean, 27 nothing. I wouldn't have let him on a plane after that game. <laughs> yeah. And I bet the Jaguars, full disclosure, so I was very happy about the result. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think Kansas City Andrews is going to lay the lumber. I think they cover. I would be scared to death to lay points with Kansas City. And again, they're gonna, probably going to win the conference. I think they'll beat the winner of Buffalo Cincinnati, go back to the Super Bowl, but they don't stop anybody. And Trevor Lawrence, say what you want, has been scoring points. To me, the better play in that game over first half. I got no issue with that. I would tease Kansas City, too. You don't want to lay the points. They're going to win the game, Sid. They're not losing it. Right. Agreed. They're going to win. But uh, I could easily see Trevor Lawrence with some uh, silly touchdown late in the game coming back, getting Jacks the backdoor cover. But either way, uh, J.J., you're great at this. J.J. likes the Giants plus the points. He says lay the points with Kansas City. See, everybody, including me, is in love with San Francisco. To me, Thank God the Giants are playing the Eagles and not the Niners because San Francisco is playing their best football. But as good as Brock Purdy has been, the new Joe Montana, that Dallas defensive line is scary. He hasn't faced that yet. And I know Dallas looked crappy against Washington two weeks ago, but this one, to me, the world in love with San Francisco, I'm looking at Dallas plus three and a half. I'm going, you know what? They can lose by a field goal. I'm on the Cowboys. There you go. I'm right there with you. And look, I picked San Francisco to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. Uh, the Purdy story has been awesome. This is the best front seven he's faced. And I am just scared, you know what, that Micah Parsons is going to go and dominate the game. Wow. The issue is going to be, though, can Dak make the throw? You can't run on the Niners. Don't even, don't even try, fellas. To try to run on the Niners, you got to attack the Niners. Not, not even, not, not even Tony Pollard. He's the best running back ever. <laughs> well, he, he looks better than Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, you know, that's Ezekiel true. Ezekiel Elliott, yeah. his like total this week is like thirty and a half rushing yards. Yeah, that's that's all you need to know yeah. this week. Like, well, you know what's funny? I, I I I had Emmett Smith in studio last Friday. He's already promoting Bounty for the Super Bowl. Him and Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> so he was in studio last Friday. He goes, sit, sit, sit. They use Zeke now on short yarded situations. They're not running plays for him like Tony, where he can get six or seven yards. It sounded like the biggest BS I've ever heard in my whole life, but that was his argument. You're right. Zeke ain't going to hurt him. Pollard ain't going to hurt him. They got to throw the football. Yeah, and Pollard is more explosive. It's not even close. Now, maybe that's my fantasy team talking because I have my like two of my teams this year, and he needs more work. He doesn't, as good as he is, he needs more work because. Zeke is shot. I mean, that's just all there is to it. But I do like Dallas in this game. I think they lose by a field goal, to be honest with you. I think it's like one of those like white-knuckle games, comes down to the wire. And remember, fellas, that's a revenge spot for the Cowboys. They played last year, first round of the playoffs. That was the game McCarthy screwed up the clock that's right. at the end of the game. Yep, yep. They, they might use that to their advantage, maybe. Who knows? Well, what about that final game here where you got the Bengals, I think, giving five and a half, getting five and a half from the Buffalo Bills? So... 
Everybody likes the Bengals in that game. Andrew, that line opened at three and a half, which I thought was fair. You know, Buffalo barely lost, uh, barely beat my Miami Dolphins. Let's be honest. I think the two would have the Dolphins would have won. Just, uh, just full disclosure. Well, you know, he actually, I, I tell you, for a guy that was in a tough spot having to play his third-string quarterback, Scott or Thompson, and keeping the Dolphins in the yeah. game, that was not a shining day for McDaniel. Not his best day. No, listen, the, the delay of game stuff stunk. I, I right. mean, I don't understand how you don't get the poison. But let's be fair, though. They're down 17 nothing in that game, Sid and Andrew. Everyone thought they were going to lose that game 41 nothing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. The fact that they fight back and take the lead, and even when they fall behind 10 in the fourth quarter, they come back and fight. So, yeah. like, to me, I, I know it's lame. I, I don't like moral victories, but I didn't think they had a prayer in the game. I thought they were going to get smoked, and they showed me something. But anyway, Buffalo didn't look great. Cincinnati didn't look great. Yeah. Cincinnati's offensive line is absolutely destroyed going yeah, into this decimated. game. They are destroyed going into this game. That is not what you want against that Buffalo front seven. Now, Lou Anarumo is one of my guys. He's Staten Island. He's done a wonderful job with that Bengal defense. And that, to me, is Cincinnati's avenue of keeping this game competitive, getting a turnover or two for Josh Allen. But the line goes from three and a half to five and a half, and everybody's betting the Bengals. That only tells me bet the Buffalo Bills. All right, John Yastrzemski, this is his business. He's not good at it. He's great at it. He likes the <laughs> he likes both favorites, the I'm, Bills and the Chiefs in the AFC, and he likes both underdogs the Giants, and the Cowboys in the NFC. I know this is uh, looking ahead. Shouldn't do that when you're an eight-point, seven-point underdog on the road in the playoffs. But if the Giants find a way to win this game in Philly on Saturday, are they going to take on Dallas or San Francisco the following week? What kind of odds you give the Giants of moving on and shocking the world and ending up in Arizona, Super Bowl 57? Man, wouldn't that be something? Uh, I do not like their chances against the Niners. <laughs> I know they've had great success there. The Eli game, uh, the Bavaro game, but they just do not match up well with the Niners, guys. Like, that would be, to me, a brutal, brutal matchup. Cowboys, I'd rather play the Cowboys. You played them twice. The, the first game, I know it was Cooper Rush. They were right there. Second game was close for two and a half quarters. Uh, I take my chances with the Cowboys. But, the, guys, the idea that we're talking about the Giants it's and the awesome. divisional round, how crazy is that? It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, I remember That's texting, why Joe Beningo wants to kill himself. Go I ahead, was texting back, at you. <laughs> texting back and forth with Sid uh, during the Titans game, the very first game when they're down 16 nothing at the half, I think it was, right there. And we're talking about they're going to make the Super Bowl. I, and I'm like, come on, you're kidding me over here. Well, you know, and you, we're talking. But I'll tell you what, though, I'm glad you, brought, uh, glad you brought that up, Andrew. Yeah. Because all the way back then, mm-hmm. with that brutal first half week one against mm-hmm. Tennessee, Brian Dayball's decision to go, for, to go for two changed the, the whole culture of the, of the club. Right, John? The whole culture. 1,000%. I couldn't agree more. They were getting smoked in that first half. Yeah. Everybody's like, all right, same old Giants. Here we go again. To come back in that game and to say right then and there, we're not playing for a tie. This is a new way of doing business around here. We're playing to win. To get that two-point conversion, to win that game, it kind of was a springboard for them for the rest of the year. And listen, I know there are plenty of coaches who have done good jobs this year. It's not even close. Brian Dables is coaching. <laughs> God, I, mean, I love you. The You're Giants the best. have the talent. Guys, yeah. they're not one of they're not one of the eight most talented teams in the league. Not even close. Not even close. Yeah. Right. Divisional round. Right. I know. Listen, when uh, Richie James is your best wide receiver, <laughs> <laughs> not exactly with Jerry Rice. Yeah, Hodges. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hodges is actually Hodges. very good. Yeah. Hey, uh, John, 
this was uh, this was great. Loved having you on. Would love to get you back before the Super Bowl. Really happy for your success at SNY and all the stuff you're doing. You're a great kid. You're great at this. So thank you so much for hopping on today and enjoy the football. Boys, my pleasure. Enjoy the weekend, and let's hope the Giants take care of business. There he is, John Yastrzemski. Check him out, SNY. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. how many of us have them? 77 WABC. I finally got around to it like two weeks ago. I saw Top Gun 2 Maverick. I forgot to mention it. was good. Very good. Very Best good. movie of the year. I loved it. Probably. I yeah. loved it. It was loved great. It. it was great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cruz did a really good job. Anyway, we've got a, a great show so far today. Janaya Butler was terrific. Curtis Sliwa, always amazing. Woody Giuliani was great. Melissa DeRosa. And moments ago, John Yastrzemski. Former WFAN talent now at SNY, breaking down all four NFL games. The big one, of course, the Giants and the Eagles. And, uh, you know, Takapina, he's a Raider fan. And Joe Beningo was on this show yesterday and said, I want Derek Carr with the Jets. We'll see if that happens. So last night, Takapina couldn't go to the Ranger game. He's busy. So he gives uh, me the tickets. And he's got these unbelievable seats in the club. So drinks are free. All the food food is free. You get to sleep with a Ranger player's wife of your well, choice. That's exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. You choose the Ranger or the Ranger player's either, wife? Either way, Boston okay. players, everyone. Right. And uh, it's all covered. It's all right. covered. So I took <laughs> my uh, my best friend Tommy Mango with me uh, last night, and we sat in Takapina's seats. That's the good news. The bad news is the Rangers suck. They suck. I mean, if the one they line played the best team in, They played the best team in hockey oh, last night, it. right? And then I know it was tough. What about the but... Canadians a couple nights ago? Oh, that was a bad game. They, they have one line. Right. The, the kids are fine. I look fine. But if, if, if Panarin and Zabinijad and Kreider just came back from injury, yeah. if they don't do it, I mean, Panarin had two breakaways. He couldn't score once. Right. Come on. Anyway. Well, you don't know what a team sucks. Like, you, <laughs> oh, I know you're an Islander fine. fan. I know. That I know. team is good. What, what happened with the Islanders, by the way? They were going to the Eastern Conference Finals there for a couple of years in a row, and then all of a sudden they, they collapsed. They have about five or six players that Not they even. closed their contracts on, which they shouldn't have. Right. They yeah. should just let them go. Right. right. Let alone letting Barry Trotz go, but that's not yeah. the issue. They have guys who are finished who can't score. Right. Six even the, of them. even and that's listen, it. even the young. I mean, when Andrews Lee and Brock Nelson are your best players, you're not going to win a cup. I know they had a yeah. great year a couple of years ago, but but the Rangers have really good players. They do. Oh, the Rangers have very good. They're, they're fine. Calm down. We'll get uh, on a, We'll peak. We'll peak in oh, April. You want to make a April, trade? I'll trade no, I you don't. And then uh, you know, I hate this guy Schneider and, I, and, I, and this other guy with the long. I don't know. Anyway, here's a Tagapina. <laughs> Uh, Joe, thank you for the tickets, but our hockey team sucks. We suck. No, they don't. I mean, they're 14-4-2 in the last 20 games. It's fine. 14-4-2. They ran into a buzzsaw. I don't understand why the Bruins are so good, but they're annihilating everybody. I mean, everybody. I know. What I mean, I'm watching the Bruins on the ice. Outside of Bergeron, nobody scares me. Why are they no, so good? No, Pasternak's one of the best snipers in hockey. I mean, yeah. Pasternak is great. Yeah. Bergeron, then Marchand is still good. And yeah. they have these two goalies who are, like, playing out of their heads. True. Um, yeah. So it's, 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 it's really what it's about. It's defense, and it's, it's great goaltending. And, look, the Rangers, in my opinion, have the all-world goaltender. Uh, Shesterkin's the best of the They gave up but, two bad goals last know. night, though, I'm just telling you. But, yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's going to happen. Look, 44 <laughs> two in the last 20. And they have five players. Listen to this. When you say they saw, I mean, you compare the Islander forward. You're right. The Rangers have five players in the top 50 in the NHL. 
And that's a pretty, no other team has that. Five players who are rated. No, listen, I get it. Panarin and Zabinijad and Adam Fox is a great player. And, and, uh, Kreider yeah. And Kreider, yeah. And, and yeah. Sisterkin, right. So we got the players, but, you know, I've gone to three games in the last two weeks. And I was there for that amazing third period comeback win when Panarin scored twice against Carolina. But they go through these offensive droughts. They're actually very tough to watch. I mean, they're boring. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird how they can't score, you know, on their power play. They have one of the best power plays on paper in hockey. Right. But it's, 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 it's mind-boggling. It really is. It's, yeah. it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating, yeah. They're in a good position. They'll be okay. And, again, playoff hockey, which to me is the best spectator sport in the universe playoff hockey, you know, that's when the goalies really you know, are, are what makes or breaks you. And I, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with where they are right now. Uh, yeah, it's a different beast. Yeah. The reason why Joe Takapita knows all this is because not only he's the best defense attorney in the world, but he was a superstar at Skidmore University and to this day still owns the record for penalty minutes in one season in college hockey. He's a really good player. I remember you were like a little boy skating at Abe Stark's place in, uh, in Coney Island. You were, exactly. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, four in the morning, yep. four or five in the morning, Cosmo Josephine took me down there. I remember, uh, yeah. Yep. Straight from Bedford the Avenue, there he was. Yep, yep. Absolutely. Uh, give absolutely. us uh, the, the biggest story legally of the day is a cover of today's New York Post, Takapina. Alec charged with involuntary manslaughter. Had he done his job, she would be alive. This is Baldwin to blame. So months and months and months later, after initially even, even denying he shot the gun, now it looks like uh, Alec Baldwin going to pay the price. How bad could this get for Alec Baldwin? If he's not acquitted within five minutes, he has a, a lawyer who uh, he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, really, this case, honestly, he's being charged for his name. He is the last person who should be charged in this case. And I'm not a big Alec Baldwin fan. So it, it's not about that. It's simply about the fact, if you look at the facts, there never should have been a live round on that set. He's an actor, by the way. There was someone who was in charge of, of the you know, bullets and the weapons in this case. She was charged, Okay. But there never should have been a live round on the set. More importantly, there never should have been a live round in one of the, the prop guns that were laid out. And the person who was in charge of that, that guy, Halls, who was also charged, right before the, the, the rehearsal scene, he yelled, cold gun. Cold gun, in, and that, there's proof of that. There's no signing fact of dispute. Cold gun indicates that the firearm does not have live rounds. So Baldwin did what he did in the rehearsal, picked up the gun, caught the trigger. It doesn't matter if he pulled the trigger or pulled back the, the, the you know, the, the piece that, that initiates the trigger, he didn't know there was a live round there. And there's no way you could prove it. And the prosecutors have said they have no idea how the live round got into that set. So how is a guy who's an actor, who's given a gun by, by the person who's in charge of the guns, calls out cold gun, and there's a person before that person who gives him the gun that's supposed to be checking all of the, the armory, all the, the weapons, the fake weapons, all the things like that. There's no scenario where they both didn't fail to the point where Baldwin got that gun with a bullet in it. So there's no way he was negligent. He didn't do anything any other actor wouldn't have done. And that's what you need here. There's two counts here. One is a joke count. One's a count just to make sure that the jury convicts on something. And then the second count, the, the involuntary manslaughter, is the real one. That's that's troubling. So do you think this goes to trial? you think this pleads? you think this gets thrown out before it goes to – where do you think Andrew, this is? Andrew, I, there's, look, there's a judge who's going to determine whether or not there's enough – here to make it to trial. Now, look, we all know, Andrew, if a judge were intellectually honest and they really looked at the law and applied the law to the facts, I think in this case, at least the charge against Baldwin should be dropped. But we all know 
in reality. Judges are elected officials for the most part, unless they're federal. Right. And and what's going to happen here is the judge is not going to say, right. I'm, I'm letting him out of the case, the superstar, because it'll look like, you know, uh, another case of, of the rich and wealthy, the right. famous getting uh, celebrity justice. Right, right. They're going to let him go forward. Alec Baldwin is not pleading guilty to this. I mean, his max exposure is, is I think, 18 months, but he's not pleading guilty to this. I, I hope he doesn't plead guilty to this based on the facts that we know. He sued Calls and that woman who was the, the person charged with armory. I mean, he sued them already prior to there being any notion of criminal charges. I got to tell you, I'm shocked by this. I really am shocked by the fact that they were charged in this case. This was a horrific accident. Someone may be criminally liable, but that person's the one who brought the damn live round into a movie set. I don't know who, why someone would have done that, but someone did. And someone installed that into a gun. Joe Tacopina joining us live this morning, the best defense attorney anywhere in the world. Uh, here's a story you and I both saw, Joe, in the New York Post a couple of days ago, which ain't good. It reads, justice reforms forcing prosecutors to toss out 69% of New York City criminal cases. Alarming new study Amazing. finds. Did speak uh, yesterday on the Cats at Night show. I've been singling in with John Katsimatidis to the Staten Island DA McMahon about this. Uh, this is a uh, very scary story, Joe. Very scary. It, it, look, I'm a defense lawyer. Uh, I, I, you know, I represent victims of crime also, but I'm a defense lawyer. So normally I wouldn't be alarmed by this, but I'm also a, a citizen and I have children and, you know, I care about the safety of our city. And this is this is alarming. I mean, you know, they, they, they say basically the problem is this the, the, the situation is being blamed on this this clerical burden that's now imposed on prosecutors who have to sort of assemble and redact limited documents and videos within 20 days yeah. as, as part of discovery, the legal prosecutorial discovery. Now, discovery is important to defense lawyers, but there's no need to have it in 20 days. And that's the problem here. It's almost putting a burden on the, the prosecution's office that is unattainable. And, and what's happening is they're running out of time. And, you know, what's happening is cases are being dismissed based on speedy trial laws. And, and that's why all these criminals are being let out. That's why this is becoming more dangerous. Uh, you know, cops are, are being run ragged. Prosecutors are quitting by the droves because they're overworked. They're making little to no money. I was a prosecutor, and, and I went through all this. But, you know, this is, this is re- reaching, a, you know, repulsively ignorant ignorant um, levels at this point. But we've heard the public outcry for this, and this is probably more of a political question than it is a legal question, Joe. But considering the political outcry we've been hearing, where does this end? When does this turn around? When do we actually start seeing some of these cases actually being tried? And as we said before, the majority of the people in New York, or 1,300 people, are committing the majority of crimes time in and time out, and they get let out and let out. What ultimately turns this thing around? What turns this big ship around? Gotta, yeah, that that. that. The lady sitting up in Albany, who's a governor by mistake. I mean, yeah. really, her being governor is 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 the worst thing that's happened to this state <laughs> in God knows how long. And really, she was she was you know she was put there because of you know the hatchet job done by Leticia J. Falcomo. Yeah, and then and then she gets in there and somehow she wins. I mean, she's as qualified to be governor as you know I am. I am. And, and it's, it's just <laughs> you're more qualified. Ridiculous. You're far more qualified. Probably, yeah, probably, yeah. probably, yes. probably am. because there's no common sense being applied. I mean. Everyone's pointing to her, the bail reform laws, all these different things that are happening are, are really putting um, a, a burden on the criminal justice system that it cannot withstand. It just can't withstand. And, and cops are, I, I, you know, I represent a lot of cops, as you know, I'm friends with a lot of them. I have family who are cops. They are just worn down. And they, you know, with the last thing you ever want to hear from a cop is, I just want to go in, punch the clock, look the other way if I see something, because I don't want to be accused of something. I know if I you know, risk my life to make an arrest. 
that person is going to be back on screen 24 hours. And it's, it's the morale of the police force is, is at an all-time low, and we're losing some darn good cops. So this has to stop. It has to start with Albany. 60 seconds to go, Tack. I'm always fascinated by these husbands who think that killing their wives is going to cure the issue. A, they're going to get paid 2 or $3 million because of the life insurance. B, they can now have sex with their girlfriends and not worry about it. So they kill the wife, and then... They leave blood everywhere, DNA everywhere. <laughs> Don't even try to no, clean up. I mean, guy. I know, but this but but a lot of these, but a lot of these stories are like that. Tack, they almost always get caught all the time. I think all the time, especially look. This is not like fifty years ago where you could commit a good murder and get away with it. <laughs> you know, you commit a wholesome murder, and you know you could you could dismember a body, and there's no DNA. Your cell phone's not in your ass pocket telling you everywhere you're going and you know they they don't dna and they can't recover every single piece now it's impossible it's not fair actually to the murderers at this point because (laughs) you can't get away with anything you just can't get away with it that's orenthal james's new (laughs) title of his new book right there what you just said oh boy yeah exactly (laughs) this guy this guy's the king kong of ball he really is yeah he was uh this i forgot his name but uh, everybody knows the story it's a big one hey as always joe tacopino you're awesome you're amazing best defense attorney in the country friend of mine by the way folks for 42 years the great joseph tacopino we'll do it again next week buddy thank you so much have a great Absolutely, weekend brother all right thank man Bye, Andrew. thanks joe there he is joe tacopino sitting friends in the morning with andrew giuliani another hour to come we got a big one coming up we're going to play sid's take i think it's a football friday is that right phil oh yeah and a live simulcast with wpht in philadelphia Giants and Eagles fans, we're going to go head-to-head. Keep it right here, fourth and final hour. Sid and friends in the morning, about to come your way. Sid and friends in the morning. 77 WABC. for your desire. What a show we've had so far today. Janaya Butler, Curtis Sliwa, Moody Giuliani, Melissa DeRosa, John Yastrzemski, and uh, Joe Tagapina. We will go simulcast WPHT in Pennsylvania in Philadelphia coming up at 925 before Sid's take because even though we've discussed every major story today, the documents, Joe Biden, the LaSalle loss for Kathy Hochul, Eric Adams, all the major stories... The theme, really the, the whole theme of today's show is Giants-Eagles. It's the G. Yeah, that's man. it. That's it. And Andrew is here today. He's my dear friend and a big Giant fan. His father's a big Giant fan. So George V, listening right now upstairs with John Katsimatidis, he's a Giant season ticket holder. Right. Yeah. FBI guy, by the way. Yeah. One of the few good ones. Yeah. For the most part, they're horrendous. Did I just say that? Well. You know what? It's a, the, a lot of the agents are good. It's oh, the guys in Washington, D.C. It's the D.C. guys. No, it's the truth. It. They're all no good. It, I, look, I work with all, some of these guys. They're all no good. Eh, the agents, a lot of them are good. Now, I do think over the Phew. last five to ten years, yeah. I think ever since Comey got in there, I yeah. think really you had some guys that came in that were more political, and he ended up hiring more political guys, and that probably went down into the agents, but I still think the majority did. of the what agents are good. What do you think happened good. with Stroke and Page? Yeah, yeah of course. Of course. But what, what's, the, what's the consistency there? They were 
were both in headquarters in D.C. That's true, I'm telling yes. you, it infects you. That no, place, that seventh floor of D.C., right. that's what it's it the worst. Expand. It really yes. is. And it's yes. absolutely terrible. And it absolutely does run through, yeah. I think, to a lot of these issues because a lot of them then realize they need to make a decision. And I'm gonna, am I going to go and do this and keep my job, keep my livelihood, right. feed, find a way to feed my family? Right. Or am I going to come out there and be the martyr? Because that's what they make them, martyrs. Yeah. No, you're right. The rank and file are great people. I love the FBI. I love the cops. I love all these people. Where was I uh, yesterday where the cops were making a big deal about me? Wasn't the Ranger game? You know, by the way, talking about uh, the Ranger game. down at the precinct? Was it after no. what happened after the Ranger game? <laughs> yeah, no, making a big deal about then. you? No. No? I, um, it's Friday, you know. Yeah. And uh, the weekend is Happy coming Friday up. Happy Friday yes. So I get to spend time still. with Danielle and Gabe, like you do with Z and uh, Grace. Right. So uh, we go for dinner usually Friday. Well, no, we go for dinner every night now because I'm in a hotel. I like, yeah. can't cook. But I have this dear friend, Jen, Dolce Aesthetics. She does my Botox. She yeah. does Botox. You know what she is. And um, she lives in a bunch of places, Howard Beach, Brooklyn. She's everywhere. But she works in Bay Ridge on Fridays. Okay. All right. So we're going to go for dinner because right. we're, we're good friends. So she goes, come to Positano's, right. which is a famous Italian restaurant in Brooklyn. Very good. Very mm-hmm. good. And if you're listening, Joe Nunziata, another restaurant better than Bomanti's. Enough of that place already. My God, stop. Um, so I like Positano's, but I just, I don't feel like going into Brooklyn, Bay Ridge on a, fr- I'm tired. So what would you rather do on a Friday night? What do you I want, want to her do? to come to the city. Okay. Find a place by me. Yeah. If she wants to go for Italian, we can go to, you know, Danny's place uh, down on Gold Street, Harry's Italian, or we can go to, um, any, there's a million on the Upper East Side. Right. You know, anywhere those places. I don't care. And she'd be fight- you'd be fighting traffic going out there. Right. You're not fighting traffic coming in right Right. There. Plus, I'm not in the mood for Brooklyn people. Like, you got to be in a certain state. And believe me, I'm a Brooklyn guy myself. I'm annoying. So <laughs> there's a mood you got to be in, Drew. Like, right. I can't explain it. Right. But, uh, you know, they're loud. They're annoying. I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm not in the mood for it. You know, it's like when you go to these um, <laughs> bars and, like, during the summer you walk in, the guys have those tattoos. It's like a, it's like a steel, you know, barbed wire fence on their arms right. and... You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Those of types course. of so guys. It's, it's like uh, Phil's got tattoos, but it's the opposite kind of tattoos. <laughs> yeah, so you've got like insects that, and yeah. bugs over there. Yeah. Uh, so she doesn't come to the city. I'm not going to go out for dinner. That's it. All right. Maybe you'll take me for dinner instead. I'll go to dinner. You're with in you. the city right I'll now. Go to dinner me. with you. Absolutely. What are you doing tonight? Uh, I don't even know what I'm doing. I got to ask my boss. I got to ask the wife what we're yeah. doing tonight. She's my boss. Have you ever made plans ever? How long are you married now? No. How have we made plans? Five years. Five years. Okay. Five and a half years. So have you ever actually made 31? You know when we met. You and I? No, my my wife and I. Yes, at the we Yankee met game at Jeter's last. Yes, game. the Yankee game. Jeter. Okay, yeah. I said all this. Yeah, you know, uh, it's a great story. Actually, it is. you told me this story at Michael's. Yes, Rangers Lightning. Yeah, huge That's game. That's right. Um, and I love your wife, by the way. She's adorable. So, uh, but she makes all the plans. She makes the plans. Yeah, I just follow along. I so you've never said, see, I'm putting my foot down. We're not doing it. Tonight we're going for Indian food, and that's it. I can't even find my feet when I'm home. What are you talking about? <laughs> right are you kidding me? No, you know what it is? Tonight's her night because I got four football games in a row on Saturday and Sunday. Oh, okay. So I'm going to give Z the night tonight. Whatever so she she's going to do, tonight? it's her night. I don't know what we're doing tonight. I'll find out you, when you, we get home. You let her go out? No, we're probably going to hang out. No, no, we'll go out together. What if she we'll said to you, yes. she's pretty hot, your wife. Right. What if she said, I got my girlfriends, right. and we're going out tonight? Right. You would let her do that? I trust her. Oh, I you're trust ridiculous. her. Now matters where you they're trust going. Her? I don't know if what, I send her out to, to Brooklyn with some of the guys you're talking about right there. But no, you really trust her? I do trust her, believe it or not. Ah, oh, you're so young. She hasn't given me any to... reason not to trust her. No, do you her. hear this? Do you hear this? I'm with Andrew. Why why can't he trust her? You trust his wife? Oh, are you asking me? Now, or... <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a different story. Uh, if, okay, well, now, now yeah. you've changed my entire opinion on this. Does she well, have a group one, of friends one, one. Like, like they have like in Sex in the City, like a group of girlfriends that... 
you know, I mean, not go like, out uh, and not like Miranda. No, or I know, Kim but, but does she have a, a group of friends like that go out and do yeah, something? She's got friends. She's got friends. They go no. out. They do stuff. They uh, it's like you what know, do they do? I'm curious. But you know, with the baby now, it's more of like a lunch thing. They go to lunch. They do this. You're right? okay with that? I'm okay. But lunch if she is said good. to you tonight, if it's listen, Saturday night, and she gets really dressed like, up, right? All dressed up and like wearing high heels. I don't know. like, what are we talking about? I mean, is it is it a nice, elegant dress? Are we talking about showing a lot of skin? Nobody worries about an elegant dress. Right. You got to worry about the sweatpants that have juicy on the ass. Right. You know, one of those types of things. Well, if she ends up at a club with your friend Mayor Eric Adams at 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm not okay with that. We'll really? That way. Because yeah, you I'm don't not. trust Eric or because of the whole scene? I'd send Curtis Lewa right after him in about <laughs> two seconds. He might get run over on the way there. They didn't shifting then. I don't you see, I, I, I wanted, my wife always makes fun of She goes, you just want me to get old and ugly because she's still beautiful. Then, she's obviously. beautiful. Beautiful. So when she goes out, there was a time. For like 30 years. Well, I was like really jealous and nervous. You know, like, don't go out, don't go out. So like, I want to get to the point where she's like fat, plays like Mahjong on Tuesday <laughs> nights. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't go out there with her friends in clubs and bars. Like, your wife is this, how old's your wife now? 30? Yeah. And she's in great shape. But uh, my wife doesn't do much of that. Right. For whatever it's worth. She has friends and she'll, it's like the lunch thing. Yes. Yeah. But very few times she said to me, I'm going out with my friends tonight, going out to bars or clubs. It doesn't really happen. Yeah, I don't think since we've been married, she's we've been at a club. I mean, we don't yeah. really, we're not really. Did you do that before you got married? No, I mean, uh, on occasion, yeah. every once in a while. Yeah, twice a year. I don't know something. That like was that. it. Well, we go to bars. We go to this. We go to games. All that. But well, you go to bars? Yeah, absolutely. Watch, Still now, watch but Ranger games. Not since Grace was born. No, I've been to a couple in the last year, but not not that often. Not many. Okay. Not that often. Yeah. No. Yeah. Not that what often. if she wanted to go out with Lou tonight, uh, your wife? Uh, with <laughs> Lou, I would trust as long as Phil is not in the city. If Phil is nowhere near, you yeah. can't get within 90 minutes of yeah, her, then I'm okay with Phil. that. I would trust Lou. That, that's usually the case. Phil, don't Lou, do, do you yeah. trust MJ when she goes out? Of course. I've heard some horrible stories. I'm just telling you. Okay, yeah. Ha, ha, ha. ha. No, I'm being serious. What? What? No, no, you see, now, um, well, I've heard stories where she, you know. She, where are you hearing these stories? She happens to be a very social girl, MJ. I know that. No, you don't. No, <laughs> I've got to hear oh, the I source. Get it. <laughs> on this oh, I stuff. see what you did there. I, that's the point, Lou. By the I way, I don't all, know. All, all caps wow. from. <laughs> you're, so, still, you're still thinking of the real old days. Well, I remember those I days. Yeah. yeah. So when so if MJ I'm says, can, you, you do remember. I'm yeah, but surprised. it's over now because now she goes with like her sister, goes to these Fedumtagayish towns in upstate New York, and <laughs> she does. It's a, on occasion she'll go out. Like what is she? What does she go with? She has friends back in you Queens. Let, you let her do that? Well, okay, so what's the alternative? No, you can't say? go. What do you mean? Oh, no, you don't. No, you know. So you no. Say no. Oh, right, hold, right. Hold on one so second. If, no. if Danielle wants to go out, there's no way you're setting. You're putting your foot down. Well, I'll, no, but what I will do is because I'm a child. Yeah, is I'll pout. You'll, you'll, you'll pout. You'll chase her. You'll go. Get on your knees. I love you so much. She wanted to go out one time over the summer, with a friend Cheryl to see some band at a local bar, right? And I actually you showed up. Yeah. No, she she went in the shower, so she blows her hair, my wife, right. you know. So when she was in the shower, I took her, her hair dryer, a blow dryer, and I hit it. <laughs> Five years old. Yeah, she <laughs> really is. So she goes, did you hide my hair? I go, are you, what do you think I am? I'm 55. Yes, I did. You got me. <laughs> I do stuff like that, you know. By the way, okay. my wife checks in, all caps, by the way, I yeah. am going out tonight. <laughs> New text, period. So... I guess oh, that's happening. Oh, P.S. Sid, I'll see you later. Yeah. Well, here's, here's what I'm envisioning. Here's what I'm envisioning. Tonight, Andrew's at home. I'm at home. Louis at home. A limo pulls up. And who goes into the car? 
MJ, Danielle, and Z. Yeah. That's oh, probably, baby. What uh, a big night for all of them. They'll be so happy. Oh, I'm sorry. My relationship is not in the Third Reich. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't know where, where, where yours is. You are not going home yet. You're not going out. <laughs> I'd love to watch that. Yeah, with, 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 with your wife. Yeah, that would be great. Oh, Danielle? Yeah. Why? What would she do? Danielle was like, yeah, okay, you just go back. She does call the shots. There's no question about it. She's tough. She's tough. Yeah, really. You know, there's not a dinner we go to lately where she doesn't piss somebody off, my wife, I swear to God. She's pissing off. She just, she, you know, Danielle is. She doesn't hold her tongue. Right. She does. Yeah. Right. No. Right. So she was wonderful when we went to dinner. No, she's she's, all, met her. she's love, always her wonderful. But you have to understand. That's what the great thing about her is, though. Yeah. Right. So people get intimidated by that, <laughs> right. you know, because she's beautiful and she's smart and right. she doesn't care. Right. So, like, you'll be having a discussion and she'll just tell you the way it is. Yeah. And you'll be like, oh, that was offensive. But. It was actually right. It was great. And I did know when we went to that first dinner at Michael's. Remember, I was still a candidate at the time. Yes, and I yes. was ooze, I was trying to woo you to yeah. endorse me, the yeah. number one radio show. Which I did. That. I stabbed Lee Zeldin in the back. You did. And I got <laughs> to tell you, but I knew immediately when I walked in there, I wasn't trying to convince you. I was trying to convince Danielle. And you're smart. Because I knew it. she I said to it. me on the way home. We're going to have a discussion about your new friend. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a play date that didn't yeah. go well so, when, so, when we get home. Right. So I'm reading the body language the whole night. You know, the food's good. The rangers are on. And he was, he was really very, very uh, glib and funny and great. We get in the car. Right. And she said, Stand don't by. bother asking. I like him. He's good. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Because yeah. she could give you the uh, opinion with her eyes man, oh. right away. She Danielle? Just, yeah, yeah. If you see, she could just gl- glare at a waiter or a waitress and like, I don't like why. Why aren't they bringing the bread in two minutes? Well, the last time we had lunch, me, Danielle, you and MJ, about a month and a half ago at Harbor Lights. On a Sunday, during the Giants and Detroit Lions, right? I don't think she she uh, did. She get crazy? No, she was no. fine. She yeah. was a real. I, I think she was just being mellow. It's a Sunday I morning, think so Sunday too. afternoon. Yeah, yeah. I'm t- yeah. But forget it. There would be coming other she occasions. Did, when you ordered your third beer, she did say to me on the way out. Does he drink like that all the time? Oh, you're, you're so full of it. That and I said, the, only during the week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 only on days that ends in a wine. I met uh, Danielle a couple of times. Did she like me? No. Not even a little. <laughs> Doesn't even no. mention you. It's not actually like, I, it's not it's like actually worse than qualities. liking or not liking. You're, she's indifferent. She <laughs> right. doesn't even know. Yeah, no, she, I, I don't think she even knows. Yeah. No, no. She, right. I'll tell you why. Here's where you can make a lot of points with Danielle. My son gave a little bit over this. He's a big basketball guy. Goes back to when he was diagnosed as a kid at Miami Children's with dyspraxia. And he knows you're a big basketball guy. So your name comes up every night in my house. I swear to God. And Gabe wants to talk to you. So if you really want to get on Danielle's good side, which is smart, then sure you going to keep your job here. Then you will <laughs> talk to Gabe, play ball with Gabe, take care of my son. But what if I play basketball with Gabe once and he comes back with a neck tattoo? Oh, my God, it's all over at that point. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're she, done. She, would, so she, she wouldn't like me. <laughs> she would hate your guts. Oh, okay. And I would have you killed. Oh, well. <laughs> Even worse. Okay. Don't show me any tattoos. In fact, do me a favor. I got to wear long sweatpants. Wear, wear, right, wear, wear long sweatpants, sweatpants, sweatshirts. Yeah. Wear a burka. Layer. I don't care. It's hot it's, out. I gotta... no, don't show me any easy. of that. Right? You can't hang out in the you know summer, but right now, it's easy. What do you think about tattoos? What do I think about tattoos? Not a fan. You don't like them, right? Not a fan. You know what I it got, is? I got a lot of friends that have them. So but do I. I, just, I, I but it's fine. Know? It's fine now, but you know, I used to live in Boca. Yeah. So I'd go to Hollywood Beach every weekend. Right. 
You, when you turn 60 years old and your skin starts to sag and you've got a picture of Mao Zedong on your, on your, uh, yeah. on your arm, which is down to your penis, you look like an idiot. And then it just you looks look like dirty. Mao. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It just says Tong. That's all it says. So, when I was a teenager playing football, I loved Shockey's tattoo, the American flag yeah. with that. And that I wanted cool. to get it so bad. Cool. And yeah. I'm so glad I got out of that phase without getting I'm a glad tattoo. you did, too. I do. Because yeah. he's I got, to. he has tattoos filled of insects yeah. on his knees. That's, that's, that's a Again, you got to explain that. On one. your no. knees? On his knees, yeah. I got no, one on my arm No, about the one on the arm. Initially, all you had was insects on your knees. What was that? What was the significance? Oh, those were uh, insects on my knees. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what is the significance of that? There's no though? significance for like any of my tattoos. Why would you do that? You I just, just like the way they look. And what insects are they? Yeah, what are your favorite insects, by the way? Like yeah. spiders. You spiders. like spiders? Are those spiders yeah. are, are on your knee? Insects. Are they insects? Both. No. Are, right. are they spiders on your knee? I have, I have a pair of spiders on my knee. You do? Okay. And a you pair. think it looks good? Like you think you think this is good for you? I'm indifferent to how you know whether you don't. Or not they you look just good. don't care. Yeah. Spiders on your knee does it signify the web of lies that you spin and live in? <laughs> or what is, I'm trying to figure I'm out. Very good. Until, good. until Gabe comes back with a scorpion on his knee. Oh no 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 no! no. <laughs> Where did you get that? <laughs> oh, I played basketball with Phil, and we hey. went to. Oh. Went to so, by the way, MJ Lewis's uh, girlfriend. Right. She listens to every second of this show. Okay. How do I know that? She texts Danielle a lot. They text each other. Right. So she, as as we speak, I promise you, texting Danielle and going, we got to set up a night. Yeah. Because the boys think that they own this. You know, they right. run the show. Let's show them who the bosses are. Yeah. So right now, as we're speaking, and they'll get Z in there soon, trust they'll me. They'll figure out how to do it. They'll hop into her DMs oh, or something me. like they'll, that. They'll figure it out. So yeah. right now, MJ just, I guarantee you, texted Danielle and said, they think they run the show. Oh, uh, well, we're going to the city next week. <laughs> What's the hottest club in the city? We're going we, yeah, but that, when did that phrase ever come out of any of our mouths? Did we run the show? That didn't come out of my mouth. Well, you kind of intimated that. Oh, I get it. Right. You did. That's right. I worked my three drinks. Well, on when Sunday, I said, right. well, hold on. When I said to you, why do you go to Catonia, New York, all the time? The response, the 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 real response, if you're being honest, would have been, "Cause MJ makes me go." I've but you're like, right. no, I like it there, which is a lie. <laughs> so right there, right there, you're acting as if you make that decision when the truth is you go wherever she tells you to go, bitch. I'll, t- I'll tell you the truth right now. I'd rather be there right now than here at, the moment, <laughs> at this very moment. <laughs> that's, that's about as truthful as I can get, I think. That's great. All right. Well, there it is, folks. Not easy being uh, three guys like us in love. We're a guy like Phil who nobody loves. We uh, <laughs> we're going to talk to the guys in Pennsylvania. WPHD sitting friends in the morning. Keep it right here. Is Sid and friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Let's see if we can do it now. Ooh. All right, uh, 926 on your Friday morning. We've had an amazing show. I mean, just everybody was great today. Janaea Butler was terrific and Curtis Sliwa, Rudy Giuliani, Melissa DeRosa, John Yashremsky, Joseph Takapina, my uh, my co-host today, the great Andrew Giuliani. So I, I was talking to uh, Chris Olivero yesterday, my dear friend Chris, who at one point was my intern, and now for the last 15 years runs 
basically CBS and uh, then it was Entercom. Now I think it's Odyssey. I don't know. But he's in charge of all the, the, the stations here in New York. FAN, 1010 Wins, all that stuff. He goes, I got a guy in Philly and um, they want to simulcast Giants and Eagles coming up. They know you do politics. And I was the one name of Chris. I love Chris. Him, him and Chad Lopez, I love them both. So I said, sure. So I got an email from some guy named Greg Stocker yesterday. And I said, uh, let's do it. Let's, um, let's talk to these uh, folks in Pennsylvania. So one of the guys I really like in this business is a guy named Harry Mays. Harry listens to this show religiously, never misses a second of it. And I uh, would love to be here, by the way. Uh, and he's a great sports talk show host. And he's out of Philly. So he texted me like 10 minutes ago. And he says, hey, wait a second. Are you, is, is my guy Nick Kale going to be on with you? <laughs> so that means that they must be talking about me over there in Philly. I don't know, because how would Harry Mays know that? And I know who Nick Kale is. He's a very talented guy. So with that said, this is a WPHT. These are uh, animals and degenerates <laughs> in uh, <laughs> Philadelphia. Uh, Nick Kale and the crew. Nick, good morning. It's Sid and Andrew. How are you, buddy? Sidney, good morning. How you doing, buddy? Uh, it's good to uh, good to have you on the program, and I've known you for many years, and Harry just sent me a text a few <laughs> minutes ago, and i got to tell you, Nick, I, I enjoyed nothing more when Eskin was still there, and, and yep. um, or really all of you guys, they would bring me on when I was at the Fan Talk Eagles Giants, mm-hmm. and I would speak about the Philadelphia people like you were worse than the Taliban, I swear to God. <laughs> and, and by the way, I was sincere about all of it, you really are. At that point, the 700 section, you had jails and judges and... Why is that? Why can't the fans in Philadelphia just be normal people and enjoy the game without calling my mom the C-word 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning before the Giants and Eagles? Well, Sydney, to be fair, we, we, we view New York sports fans like we view the Biden administration. We don't have the utmost uh, trust in you guys I these like days. That. But, I, so, you, know. you know what's funny is I'm very, very close with my boss, John Katsimatidis. He's like my second dad. And his beautiful wife, Margo, is like my mom. And they were in Pennsylvania a couple of days ago to meet with the Governor Shapiro. I know you don't like him, and I actually had Doug Mastriano on this show when he ran against him. Yep. But local politics between Wolf a couple of years ago and local politics in Pennsylvania, you've had your issues the last couple of years, yes? Mm-hmm. Yo, no doubt about it. And, you know, we talk about it all the time. We've been doing the GOP postmortem stuff for three months, Sid, whether it's the messaging, the candidates. I mean, the reality is, and we can sit here and mock John Fetterman, and trust me, we do mock him on this show. <laughs> uh, but the fact is, Oz lost to the guy that we are mocking, and he lost decisively. And that's just on the Senate side of things much less when you get to the gubernatorial standpoint. And we've been talking about, you know, women's rights and things like that this morning. We've got the great Don Stensland here. And Mastriano butchered that as well. I mean, he wasn't willing to budge on a lot of things. But how do you guys, like, I'm always asked in New York, we're so blue here, obviously, blue city, blue state, but there's so many people that if I get one of every four listeners, guys, I'm still guaranteed millions of listeners, so I'm doing great. I'm number one in New York. You guys are kind of in the same boat. You guys are, like me, Republicans and GOP guys mm-hmm. in a very, very blue city and state. But I guess, like me, you've got so many people there that you still do well, yes? Yeah, yes. no, we still do very well. We're putting up big record numbers here in the first four months of the show. And it's interesting because, to, to your point, you know, a majority of people that listen are conservatives. Yet we've got people, whether you know, in the city or on the outskirts of the suburbs, that are liberal that still listen. You know, and they, they listen because you know, the reality is they want the facts and the truth. They'll just never admit it. But secondly, they love to get outraged by what we have to say. So, <laughs> so it works pretty well. That's right. That's right. Hey, guys, say hello to Andrew Giuliani. You know his father, of course, the great Woody Giuliani. He's sitting with me this morning. Say hello to Andrew. 
Andrew, how you doing, pal? Guys, good morning. How are you guys doing? We're doing, doing well. So, Loving it here. So, Andrew, do you, do you like the Giants plus seven and a half? That's the I, most important thing. I am thing. taking the points big time. I am, I am feeling good about the way the New York football Giants are playing. I mean, you mentioned Fetterman before, yeah. and the thing that I'm concerned about for you guys is Jalen Hurts going to be looking like the John Fetterman <laughs> of football out there. <laughs> is he that. actually healthy? Because I'll tell you what, if he's healthy, then yes, it's Eagles going to win this football game. But if he's not 100%, the Giants are playing actually pretty decent football right now. And we've seen how Hurts is, uh, affects the rest of the Philly offense in such a positive way and how when he's not healthy, uh, things just look very yeah. different on the offensive side of the ball. What's he look like going into this football game? He doesn't look great. I mean, he, it's, this is not the Jalen Hurts MVP that we saw six weeks ago, right. and that's kind of a scary thing. Now, the weather should be relatively good enough, so I don't think he's going to have to wear a hooded sweatshirt like John Fetterman, which means he won't probably <laughs> look and play like John Fetterman, which is a good thing. Uh, I, I'm with you. I love the Giants getting seven and a half points. I said that wow. yesterday on the show. I said that yesterday on Twitter last night. What are you, uh, I, still think the, I still think the Eagles are going to win the game. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. And Sid, you, you watch this closer than I do. What Dayball's been able to do with Daniel Jones is nothing short of a miracle. I'm not, I'm not saying he's Josh Allen 2.0, yeah. but they've all of a sudden they've made him a functional, competent quarterback, and he's confident. I think this is a three- or four-point game. Uh, what's funny about what you just said is they are making those favorable comparisons to Josh Allen right. about, about uh, Daniel Jones. And look, you know, we had a guy here who was a GM for the Giants. His name was Gettleman, mm. and uh, everybody hated his guts. He went through cancer. They didn't care. Get him out of here. He sucks. I hope he feels better, but get him out. Yeah. And, and he made sure the Giants took Daniel Jones at number 17. And for years, people said, what was he, nuts? And maybe he saw something then, right? I mean, yeah. Ernie Acoise made sure he traded for Eli Manning, and Manning won two Super Bowls. So maybe Gettleman, at the end of the day, knew what he was getting. It took a little while to, to happen, to mature. But Daniel Jones is a very good athletic quarterback at Duke, and maybe he is going to be that guy for years to come. And I've got confidence in Daniel Jones now, guys, that I never had before. And I truly believe, whether Hurts is healthy or not, Daniel Jones and this giant defense will keep him in this game regardless. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think this is a 26-20 type game. I think it's, I mean, let's face it, Sid, this is a divisional game. Third time around. The Eagles handled them the first time. They uh, struggled the second time around, but still won by, what, 12 or 13 points. Yes. Uh, it's hard to beat a team three times in one season. You know that, Sid, yeah. from your sports days. Well, let's speak about the uh, this. You know, the Yankees and Red Sox have this great rivalry, right? But you have to understand, we don't care here. Like, they, well, like the, all Boston cares about is beating the Yankees. We don't care here because the Yankees beat them every time. Right. Where is this, this jealousy, this really in-your-face jealousy that uh, raises whether I'm having a, a cheesesteak at Patsy's or I'm going to a, you know I'm going to Broad Street for dinner. Where is just jealousy? I understand you're not going to be New York. You're kind of like a redheaded septum. But where does oh, it come that's from? Not right. Oh yeah, what does it, it, it come? It comes from the disrespect that the national media uh-huh. treats right. Philadelphia Amen. like whoa, 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 whoa. like a mid The media. Wait a second. Was it the media who was applauding when Michael Irvin laid motionless on the turf? Was it the media that cursed out Santa Claus? Was it the media oh, no. that booed oh, Mike Schmidt? Half a century. Ago. Oh, it still happened. In the 70s. It still happened. <laughs> Right? My, was, hus- was my husband. Was, yeah, yeah. No, my it. husband calls it the the Brady Bunch effect. Yeah. That it's it's like New York is like Marsha, Brady, and the Philadelphia is like Jan in the middle because you got DC. Yep. So it's Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Mm-hmm. You know? That's funny. Yep. Yeah. Middle child syndrome. Uh, I like that. Your husband's right. On a, on a serious uh, note, though, 
you guys are great, and some of the nicest and most talented folks I've ever met. I just mentioned Harry, of course, but some of the right. nicest, and, and Eskin for years, nicest and most talented folks I've ever met and worked with are out of the city of Philadelphia. And the one thing you guys do do, and I love that about you, is you love your teams. Eagles, Phillies, yes. Flyers, not sure about the 76ers, but, <laughs> but you love your teams, and I love that. You know, i got to tell you guys, coming out of New York and moving down to Miami and going to games – where the Dolphin game, you'd have more opposing jerseys in the stadium than yeah. Dolphin jerseys. Mm-hmm. Or until they got James Wade and Bosch. It's a different world. Right. Yeah. So whether it's Chicago, New York, Philly, you start to realize how special all of our cities are and the fans are when you go someplace else. Yeah. Sid, and speaking, you mentioned the Flyers, which is a great segue. Let me just get in. We appreciate the compliment, obviously. We love that because we don't get enough of them, and we deserve more, to be honest. <laughs> but what, what is your take on, on the Flyers with Provorov? Obviously, a story that started out with sports blends in the social and political atmospheres as well. And Tortorella, who's our coach here in Philly, yeah, we know you're him. certainly aware of with the Rangers <laughs> in New York. Yeah, we know him. I mean, for folks that don't know the whole story, because, again, guys, don't forget, we do 80% politics, not sports. Yeah. I know the story, but for the listeners out there, he's your player. Flyers are playing good hockey, He put the, the pride tape on yeah, his stick, right? Yeah, he, he didn't want to put the pride right. tape on. Right. And uh, he said, listen, I'm not against homosexuality, but I don't want to do it. I'm going to say this, guys. I say this all the time. I don't like the way the country is going, not because we care about certain groups, when they start to shove it down our throats. Mm-hmm. Pride Day is one thing. Pride Month is perverse. Don't tell me I got to wear something on my jersey. So, for what it's worth, I agree with him. He didn't say I hate homosexuals. He said, I don't want to wear it. This is America. What's wrong with that? Yeah, I agree. And you got people on the NHL network saying, well, why don't you go back to Russia and no, fight the idiots. war? Who cares? This is ridiculous. Who said that? Well, Milbury, one of those morons who was Yeah, I think it was Braddock <laughs> or whoever. I don't have to do it anymore. Yeah. So you only do so you do 20% sports on your show. No, I would say we do 70% national and local politics. Yeah. And the other 30% pop culture, entertainment, sports, right. music. Well, there's not a day that goes by we're not going to talk about the Giants or the Mets or the Yankees, mm-hmm. or so, but it's a very it's a small portion of the show. Yes, yeah, yes. I do. I do one percent sports and Twitter. People, they lose their minds. <laughs> they call me a loser. I mean, they we, get it, mad. We're trying to concentrate, guys, on getting Donald Trump back to the White House. Yes. Then, a, then, then a parade for the Mets next there, year. There you go. <laughs> we like the first part. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, Sid, and not to not to blow smoke up your keister, but you know you deserve credit for this because I think a lot of people because I'm one of the latest guys to go from sports radio to news and political talk radio. Awesome. Um, you know, everybody wants to cl- credit Clay Travis, and Clay's done his thing, but uh, you, did this but well be- you did this well before yeah, Clay Yeah, Clay Travis could blow me. I'm sorry. Uh, did I say <laughs> Keith Olbermann did the same thing, but, yeah. you know, Clay Travis, listen, he's done great. Outkick is great. He's on Fox News all the time, but let, let Clay Travis come to New York and host the number one morning show, then we'll talk. Exactly. Okay, right. so. But I like, I, listen, I, I like the fact, here is what it comes out to, guys, okay? We all love our sports. We love our teams. I've got two kids. Andrew's got a baby girl. I'm sure you guys have kids. At the end of the day, while you love your sports teams, I'm nervous about my country. I've got kids. I'm going to have grandkids. The direction of my country is more important than a Ranger loss to the Bruins last night. So as I'm getting older, and I guess more mature, I don't know, I found that I start to care about things that are actually really important above and beyond the Bills and the Bengals. That's why I did it. Why did you guys do it? I I did it because one of the main things – 
was that I was falling in love with opinions and having stronger opinions on news, politics, and the issues of the day. Right. I'm 39 now. My my daughters are nine years old almost. Yeah. And I was getting more passionate about this so than you, breaking down yeah. Jalen Hurts for four there hours. You go. Yep. And anytime sports blends over to politics and sports, I couldn't give my true opinion. Yeah. And look, I'd get canceled. You guys are dealing with the same thing we're dealing with Manhattan in terms of a DA that just won't yeah. lock yeah. up bad guys at all. Yeah. I mean, we're we're not talking about very low level offenders. We're talking about violent crimes that yep. just it's this continuous effect where this it's for in New York, it's the same thirteen hundred people that are committing crime and crime after crime after crime. If you focus on those, you get them off the street, crime goes down in New York 30, 35, 40 percent. Same thing in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yep. There you go. Well, wow. right, hey, it was a pleasure chatting with you, Sid. Hey, you do this too, more guys. Uh, yeah, we should. We should. So when the Mets play the Phillies in the NLCS, and <laughs> yes, and I guess we'll that's the next yeah. Yankees, Philly <laughs> World Series. Yankees, hey, you guys are great. Seriously, and uh, uh, have fun. Good luck this weekend. And let's do this more often. Absolutely. Nick, the whole crew, you guys are terrific. God bless you. God bless Philadelphia. God bless America. We're going to kick your ass and talk to you next week. I want to make you make a couple of bucks here. Grab the Giants with seven and a half, but take the Eagles on the money line. I like that. What, what are the Eagles on the money line this morning anyway? Like 160? Yeah, it's, probably, it's probably minus, yeah, probably that close to 200. You give it up a I'm, whole lot right there. Now, I, I, what, about the, uh, what about the number? Over or under? What do you think? I don't. I don't like the total. So I don't either. But I do like away. the over. By the way, in the other three games, all three take the over. KC, Jacksonville, Dallas, San Francisco, Bills and Bengals go over in all three. Okay, smart man. And there if I'm is. right, you congratulate me. If not, lose the number. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm gonna unfollow you on Twitter. All there right, guys. Go. Thank you. See you, buddy. Oh, that Thanks, was guys. great. These guys are great. They're awesome. Aren't they great? I mean, they're that smart well. and they like sports and yeah. God. They're great until kickoff on Saturday. And then and we then hate it's them. The, it's yeah. a Dr. Jekyll effect. Yeah, you're That's right. It. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm meeting them there, all, all, all of them there tomorrow. I'm sure so. you are. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I, you know, I think I've met Nick before on Radio Row at the Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure I met really? Nick with Harry Mays. I think so. Right. I don't know the rest of the crew, the, the female Dawn and the other guys. But they're always great. They're, they're great guys. They're good. And they're Stand passionate. Good. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah. It's a good so, station. It's thanks a, for that. It's a very popular station out in Philly. Very popular. Is it very popular? Yeah. It's very popular, yes. It is, uh, so isn't W, is ISP, what is it? What's the big? WIP is sports. Okay, so, what are so, these guys? This this is WPHT. So this is like the equivalent of us in Philadelphia. Oh, got it. Sort of, okay, you know? great. Okay, great. Thank you. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Sid's take is coming up. Why don't I just play Andrew today? Why would you uh, use a listener? There's no prizes anyway. Yeah, we got two guys in. Are we studio. on? We're taking yeah. it. We're taking it's it. It's your on show. Over. We're not going to stop you from doing yeah, it. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, Me against okay. Andrew. Okay. All right. Do what Rose you want. Berg versus Giuliani. This is huge. Jews versus Italians. Wow. Oh my God. Oh, whites versus whites. Wait. Oh, what about that? That's that's one. That's Forget tomorrow night. All right. We'll come right back with this. Boy. Now it's time for Sid's take. Good luck. It's Sid's Take. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Well, another edition of the Sid's Take contest. Sponsored again by Pete Morgan, Fearless Boilers. Got to go to fearlessboilers.com, pavilion tankless.com to find a dealer near you. It's still chilly out there. 
Yeah. We got to stay warm. Andrew. And by the way, Pete Morgan checks in talking about this Eagles cheating field goal kicker who's putting stuff on the field. You can't do that. That's uh, illegal. There. It's one hundred and ten percent allowed. Cheating right there. Totally I don't allowed. Think so. I don't think so. Totally. I'm legal. on Pete's side on this one. Totally legal, and, and not uh, just because he's sponsoring the segment. But and really uh, listen, if we're going to talk bad. Sit here and talk bad about Jake Elliott. I mean, he's he's a scratch golfer like you. So. Well, there you go. Well, you it's know. okay. He should be golfing. Hopefully, he's golfing <laughs> next week. <laughs> yeah, I set myself up for that one, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you can't tell already, our contestant for the game today. The great Andrew Giuliani. He's been sitting in with Sid all morning. You have a good time? Oh, great time. Yeah. Absolutely. It's Even a better time, hopefully, at 8.30 tomorrow when we're watching the New York football Giants actually squeak one by the Philly Here we Eagles. Go. Again, another, another, another dig. Whoa. And Justin Ellick is oh. going to the football game for yeah. those who missed you right yeah. there. Well, listen, you had to tell all of New York. That's so. it. We'll let him know. Yeah. Let him know. I'm on my way to the link. I won't be around for uh, verbal and maybe even physical abuse tomorrow. And look, so. he's such a nice guy over here. He's just going like, to, it's amazing. He'll change on a, on a switch once the game kicks oh, off. Really, once he has his first beer in the know. parking lot. You don't yeah. even He'll just be know. like a monster. No, no I'll be a monster. A monster. I'll be a monster. Uh, and I'll be nice again on Monday. Yeah, Liz, if you don't want any part of it, you can uh, mute You can mute my Instagram stories for the day. I How will. about that, okay? I will. Don't worry about can it. Can I mute you in real life? Yeah, well, I don't question. think that's going to happen, Louis. Okay. I'm calling you at halftime. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> what did I tell you? I told you. <laughs> oh, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I'm going to say, actually. It's going to be good. <laughs> Who has experience with this, as we can all tell? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, our edition of the game today, or our, I guess your alliteration, you could say, Football uh, Friday. Football Friday, of course, ahead of uh, the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Big, big, week, big weekend besides the Giants and Eagles. So uh, we're going to give you some football trivia here. We'll see how versed you are in the uh, in the history of our great game. I know more about football than Chinese bakeries. That's all. There I'll you say, go. So. There you go. Yeah, the Chinese bakeries aren't going to be making an <laughs> that appearance was... today. Okay, good. Thank God. We'll be saving. We'll be saving those for a, a rainy day, if you will. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Number one. What is the only team to ever go undefeated throughout the regular season and playoffs? Team and year. The Miami Dolphins, uh, was it 1971 or 72? 71 into the 72 Super Bowl, is that right? Mm, yeah, we'll give it to you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's got to be right. Phil, you're, you're going to make the decision. Well, if nobody else knows, then it's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, whatever. That's right. Yeah, Who cares? Right. Okay. There's nothing on the line. Here. <laughs> okay. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. you won. 17 and 0, because they went 14 and 0, won mm-hmm. two playoff games, and there you go. Yeah, how about that? Now, yeah. we, now we have like what? Three? And the Patriots went 18 and one giant loss, if I remember correctly. Uh, you do remember correctly. I do, yes. Okay, indeed. good. Yeah. Number two, one for one. What was the last year the Dallas Cowboys won a conference championship? So the last year they went to the Super Bowl. Was that They won the Super Bowl in 90. Six, 1996. Mm. No. With Barry Switzer? Wasn't that 1996? 97? 95. 95. That was 1995. Missed it. Okay. Missed it by a year. Tough. Okay. Nobody likes the Cowboys anyway, so screw the Cowboys. Yeah. Screw them. Number three, what is the only Super Bowl to ever go to overtime? Uh, the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl. I don't know the number, but they were down thirty-one three. Give it to him. All of a sudden, give it to him. That's it. You got the game. I, I had no idea. So me too. Two for three. Andrew Giuliani. Not he's bad. on. He's on fire. Two out of three ain't bad. It, it ain't bad. Said, right? Number four. I heard that earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who has the most all-time rushing touchdowns in NFL playoff history? Oh, most all-time rushing touchdowns in NFL playoff history. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Brady on this with the sneaks. No. Educated guess, though. Yeah, I figured so many playoff games. Educated guess. Emmett Smith. 
Oh, I thought quarterback. What am I talking about over mm. here? Jeez. Okay, that was terrible. Well, it's not bad. That, that was it's terrible. not a bad idea to think of a quarterback. That was, that was horrendous. I, mean, I was proud it. of myself. Even in the one that I just missed, I was proud until that moment. I'm, I'm not proud of You're myself. You're still hitting 500. I got to nail the last one. I'll just channel said That was terrible. That was terrible. Get out. She's going to get out. get out of here. She's like, come in. comes in. The game's not over. Let's trying to flick my lip. What active quarterback has the best playoff win percentage in their career? What active quarterback has the best playoff win percentage in their career? Mm-hmm. Minimum of five games, by the way. Minimum, Minimum of Daniel five Jones games. has you know, never lost games. one. Right. What active? Uh, Pat Mahomes. Ooh. He's number three. That was close, right? Joe Burrow. Joe, Joe Burrow. Look at this. Okay. I guess well, he. I guess he won. Uh, what he won three playoff games last year. Yes. Well, and let's, he's already won one this year. Let's get Sid in here and let's hope the Eagles' performance was as bad as my performance today. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> How you doing, <laughs> Two for five. But the questions? As good as the Eagles are going to do the questions, tomorrow. The that was it. It tough. was terrible. You can stay. Well, you can stay. You already had the questions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can stay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, just, I wanted to leave. Did you can go to Duke or Brooklyn College? I wanted to catch you. I wanted to get out of here. <laughs> or did you go? He's getting up yeah. like, oh, I can't be here. Now, Sid's got to leave. You already heard the questions. Yeah. I, I just wanted to leave. And he's yeah. going to he's going to dress and drag I was going to change his name to Guitar. out there. He's back on 49th and 3rd, I think. No, he's not sorry about that. I'm just seeing things. I should be playing the game. Yeah. I actually looked. I believed it. Let's go. So you got two right? Two right. Is all football, Bill? All football. All, all right. playoff football. All playoff football. Yes. I'm a genius with that. Are you ready yeah, to go? I know. <laughs> Let's go. I laid All Nick. right. What is the only team to ever go undefeated throughout the regular season and the playoffs? Name the team and the year. Miami Dolphins, 72-73. Beat the Washington Redskins 14-7 in the Super Bowl. And the only Redskins touchdown came when kicker Garrel Yepremian meant to kick a field goal and threw the ball oh, because the snap great, was bad and the Redskins play. scored a defensive yeah. touchdown. bonus points for this? That's not Larry true. Larry Zacco won the MVP. None, is, none of what you said is true. And no. Bob Greasy only threw the football seven times in that Super Bowl and the Dolphins still won the defeat. All those fun facts, I think, make up for the fact that you said 72-73 to 73 when I'm pretty sure it was 71-72. to 72. No, it was not. Shut up. Mm. Let's go. Okay. Sure. Okay, just play the... Are you trust sure me. about that? Yes, I okay. am sure. He gave every minute detail down to the shoelaces. I mean, what do you want to know? Jim Kick, Larry Zonka, huh? Mercury Morris, Manny Fernandez, Paul Warfield. Who, what do you want? Let's go. The uh, these coach? are all names you could you could be making up. Uh, I wouldn't the know. head coach was who? Uh, nah. What? Don Shula. Don God, Shula. you're bad. Uh, Dude, what was the they last year the Dallas Cowboys won a conference championship? Oh, I'm not going to get this. They won a co- So they went to the Super Bowl that year. Now, they haven't lost a Super Bowl, so they must have won it with Aikman, Urban, and Smith. And I don't remember the last time they won. Uh, they beat the Bills. They beat. Uh, I'm going to go with. Uh, I don't really know. 97. Oh. Good guess. Close. 95. Ah, oh, jeez. It was those Aikman, Urban. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Switzer. Yeah. Switzer. One yeah. for two. Under number three. What is the only Super Bowl to ever go to overtime? One went to overtime. Mm. You want the number of the Super Bowl? Uh, you can give me the number or you can give me the matchup. They went to overtime. Is that Pittsburgh, Arizona, when Antonio Holmes caught the touch from Roethlisberger? Hit the Fitzgerald, tied the game? Hmm. I don't think so. That was in the regulation. Overtime Super Bowl. Mm. You're going to get mad when you hear it. It wasn't the Giants. Mm-mm. Mm. Mm. Well, I need something here. Shut up. Uh, I'm going to go huh? with Pittsburgh, Dallas. Oh, my God. Who was it? Patriots, Falcons. Oh, I forgot all about that. 28-3, the comeback. Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Brady takes him down. Oh, oh, yeah, I forgot four. about that Super Bowl, yeah. Matt Ryan. 
But I think of the Falcons Super Bowl, I think of Dan Reeves when they lost to uh, John Elway in Denver. Go ahead. Who has the most all-time rushing touchdowns in NFL playoff history? Emmitt Smith. They're very nice. He's also got the most rushing touchdowns in regular season history. All right, this is a close one. You're two for four. You need this one to win. All right. What active quarterback has the best playoff win percentage in their career? Brady. Active quarterback. Brady. He's act- oh, you know, he's number two. Oh, so let me take another. We tied, but let we me take tied. another guess. He's number two. The best winning percentage active quarterback. Yeah. Has to be at least five games. And I picked the guy who's number three, so. He's only played five games. That counts? Uh, minimum five games. We oh, minimum five. He's like, you know, fast. Daniel Jones. Let's go. We got to go fast. All right. Uh, the answer is, I don't know. Who is it? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. All right. We'll come back and wrap okay. things up right after this. It's Sid's Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Radio 77 WABC. All right, that's it. Great show today. Andrew Giuliani is always tremendous job. He'll be back Monday and Friday next week. Go G-Men. All right, go G-Men. You know, Andrew Lurafino, terrific Macedonia, Phil, Justin Ellick, Deb Valentine, Noam, the whole crew. Enjoy the uh, NFL weekend. Let's go Giants. We'll talk to you six on Monday morning. Until then, peace. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority. PriorityGoldGuide.com